0: Good evening, Section Crew, and welcome to the Second Section podcast. I'm your host Andy Dorsh and tonight uh with me is my co-host Mike Ostertag. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. That Sorry. intro never
1: gets old. It never gets I, it, old. I get I giggle every time I see that the logo yeah. come out of that that baggage car window. That's just yeah it just makes me laugh
0: it's it's good <laughs> and and i want to apologize to the section crew right off the start for the delay uh the greasy meat hands ba- uh band was out back they were they didn't get fed this week so uh we had to we had to bring in the buffet for them so they're out back having a sandwich right now but um we're we're getting rolling here and we have a, we have a special treat for the section crew tonight We have boomer dioramas with us. Boomer, welcome to the second section podcast. How are you doing? Um, oh, good. You... Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad you could join us this evening. So, Boomer, would you be so kind as to uh, just give a little bit of an introduction to yourself, to the audience here tonight? And then we'll get rocking and rolling.
2: Yeah, okay, sure. There's a little bit of an echo there, right? Eh? Is, Is there? Kind of, there's like a dual track echo. I think it's gone now.
0: Okay. I'm I'm not hearing much on my end. Mike, are you getting an echo? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So just a just a bit of the echo here. Um, we got.
2: Just one second. Let me just check this Wi-Fi. Just a second. I <laughs> There he goes. He's
0: gone. That's it. (laughs) Good (laughs) night, Mini Prince is saying that they're all good. No echo here. Um, But I can I can understand it'd be a bit uh, odd having to listen to yourself twice in the show. I'm getting
2: it. Yeah. Yes, we had a bit of a technical difficulty there, but uh, I had to jump to this cheaper computer, so I don't know if it's really. See now it's repeating. Oh, is it?
0: Because it sounds like uh, from from what we hear out on out on the world, everyone everyone says you're coming in just fine. So it must be on your headphones. So the 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 Greasy Meat Hands band probably had something to do with this in in the background here. Um, but anyway,s so while we're while we're getting that sorted. Um, Before we give Boomer's introduction here, I do want to give a shout out to the chat tonight. Um, We have 112 members out there in the chat. Um, And it's, it's, uh, oh, geez, up to 113 now. Um, So welcome, everyone. I won't uh, do the normal deal tonight um, where we go through each and every one of you that are here this evening. However, um, I want you to do it. Okay, fine. We're going to do it. I want you to do it. Uh, is that okay, sound better you got and, her fixed and, boomer
2: yeah i got her fixed. and you have yeah. you
1: have 25 seconds to do it starting yep. now okay, and <laughs> everybody's
0: here all right welcome everybody yeah. um boomer you got we got her all sorted um so why don't you go ahead and give the uh the audience a bit of an introduction would you
2: okay so everybody knows knows a little bit about me anyway from the channel yeah <laughs> right? yeah um yeah, geez, I don't know what to say. Like the model railroad has always been uh, something I, you know, that I've done since <laughs> since I was a kid. Like most people, I guess. You know, I think yeah. the first the first model railroad I ever built was a small shelf layout from I believe it was a uh, an early article from Model Railroad Magazine in the seventies. It was like a four foot by twelve foot. Uh, you know shelf layout basically yeah, right. and uh you know <laughs> it was like three there was three levels to it you know sort of a switchback kind of idea and i'd grown up around trains grew up on trains right like as yeah. like my little brothers and i traveled a lot on on the super continental as kids so trains was always part of our life like when we were younger and and i had a you know sort of developed an interest in it at a very early age because i just loved miniatures i always loved models you know the first I think most model railroaders have all built a model kit. And, uh, you know, at some point, uh, I can remember the first one I built. And then, you know, when I discovered trains, like, I don't know if I shared this story, I might have, but where my brother and I, we snuck into the basement of the neighbor's house. He had a big big O scale. Like, uh, I think it was uh, Lionel train set. We were peering through the window, right? And yeah, I right. coaxed my brother in first, right? Those, those windows, those double hung windows. There that, yep. And so uh, we went in there, we were just blown away by this layout. It was just, uh, you know, we were like nine, 10 years old and, yeah. and, uh, and the guy came home, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bolted out the window first and he got caught kind of thing, but that was oh, my shit. first, first, <laughs> first exposure to model railroads. Right. And it's stuck ever since. And, and so That's,
0: I've always, yeah. So it's so I had it
2: in my blood. But
0: how long did, how long, how long were you just in, uh, in the, in, in this guy's basement just taking it all in before the, oh, it was, the, uh,
2: I don't know, five or 10 minutes, but it was quite high, the bench work, So we were, you know, like up on the t- toes yeah. looking at everything, right? Yeah. And, right. uh, yeah. And it was just like mind blowing. Like I didn't even know that, you know, what a model railroad was. Like I was 10 years old. I didn't even know. So, and uh, you everybody in that—you didn't turn it on, did you? No, no, no. I wouldn't have even known how. Right? We were just, all, <laughs> like, looking at all the, you know, we were just looking at all the trains and the mountains and buildings. It was just mind blowing. Right? And you know, back then, I think a lot of people did that. Like um, that generation, you know, that would probably be, oh, you know, I think they're probably passed on. Now would have been maybe in their eighties or nineties, even. Uh, you know, they built model railways and nobody knew about it, right?
0: Right. Yeah,
2: they just didn't tell anybody. They, did, you know, they had their regular job or trade or career, and they never told anybody. They had this big you know model railroad in their basement, but mostly O scale though. Like it was the larger scale back then, right? Right. HO was just starting to come out, but so you got you got
0: hooked up with with your first uh, shelf layout. Um, so fairly early on, how many layouts would you say you've built over the course of time here?
2: Okay, so now, like as of today, I've probably built about twelve.
0: Holy and, cow! Okay. Yeah. wow, that's that's incredible. So ha, ha, all eight have o they all been?
1: Have they all
2: been? No, uh, different scales. Uh, <laughs> okay, different scales. Like, early on, I, I I sort of played around with. Uh, well, I was exposed to O scale first, but I couldn't afford O scale. Yeah. Like, we were poor kids, you know, and. Well, I mean, we were growing up in the economic anomaly of the 60s and 70s. The parents were making money, but, you know, we were, you know, we had to, you know, deliver newspapers and two feet of snow, you know, and earn everything. But um, I got into, uh, I think I was, uh, HO was my first, uh, when I saw HO set in a, in a hobby shop window, actually just up the street from where I lived in Kitsilino in Vancouver. And I uh, tried, tried and, but HO I did mostly, and then. Uh, when I got into my twenties, I started to get into narrow gauge, and I'll just like you're probably familiar with this magazine, right? Like, or uh, a lot of your viewers are. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like the, the this
2: narrow... is, yeah, this is what got me into scratch building and really opened things up for me. Like, you know, because people were, you know, they're just like Mike. You'd love this too. There's a lot of S scale plans in these magazines, and oh yeah, uh, you know, it just just goes on and on. I mean. Uh, like I would have to say that this is probably one of the classiest model railroad publications like ever published
0: the, right? yeah, like the, in terms of
2: its quality, right?
0: The narrow gauge Gazette, right? Oh That's yeah. One. Like, if
2: you don't have copies of these, if you see them, grab them. Yeah. yeah Cause I don't even know if you can really get them anymore. And uh, if you ever find back copies of these, You know, I used to have most of them, you know, I probably still have a lot of them around in boxes, but, but I got exposed to the narrow gauge thing because I really started to get into scratch building when I started collecting those magazines, like just, you know, basic structures and stuff. Sure. And, uh, and it just pulled me right in, but you know, I always did like miniatures and models growing up as a kid. Right. And it was always something I was doing on the side. So like, you know, through the different careers I had.
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, uh, for example, like um, old World War Two aircraft and. and oh, speaking
2: of the. Di- yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, the military diorama thing, uh, which is another. I got a couple of books I just wanted to quickly show you what really yeah, inspired go me. Go for it. Um, okay, so these. Uh, I don't have Ray Anderson, but the. Okay, so this guy here, people are familiar with who this guy was Shepard Payne.
0: Shepard Payne.
2: Yeah he was the guy that had all the monogram Ravel contracts and he was building all these dioramas, like the little, you know, the scene with the tank and the figures and, and, uh, him. Yeah. Him and, uh, Francois Verlinden.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. And then there was these two guys here and I just want to give them a quick plug. Uh, these guys are probably way long into their retirement, now bob letterman and Louis pruno these guys built dioramas that would just would blow your mind like uh the quality of i oh, mean wow. they were just mind-numbing right like uh, the guy built the um you know the paris gun all from yeah. scratch right in one oh, holy square. cow <laughs> look yeah, at like that every wow. like everything right
0: yeah <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Everything out of evergreen plastic, like these guys, and the one guy was a retired cop from out from uh, New York, and the other guy, I'm not sure what his background was, but so I really got into the diorama thing. Like I was uh, the very first model contest I entered. The guy that won first place was had this A26 Invader sitting on a desert sort of tarmac with,
3: yeah. you know the you know
2: the the uh, palm tree and the spilled over 50 gallon drum and he won first place and i won second with the 32 ford roadster and i never forgot it right and i said yeah. that's what i'm going to start doing it's <laughs> building dioramas right yeah you know so and, and i mean there were model contests back then when i was a teenager there were model contests everywhere shoppers drug mart every hobby store you know, really? uh, oh yeah, they all had bottle like model contests. You know, in the fall and in the spring, and sure. So I was right into all that stuff, right? The military modeling thing.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I I but, could remember when I was a kid. You know, it was I got the the monogram catalog right, and it was I wanted every you know bomber from World War II that you know the Lancaster, the B twenty five. I wanted all of them, right? Um, I, I built the B seventeen, of course, but. You know, it just uh, that was that's a way to to get started is is by building those model airplanes or tanks or even like uh like tabletop gaming stuff is even yeah. really cool now with the dioramas that they build. So yeah, and I, I did a,
1: i did something really similar, Andy. It, it, it was my grandfather for my birthday would always have me he he would buy the model ahead of time and then have yeah. me come over to their house and help him build it. So then I had the finished model on my birthday to be able to hang him. I I had B24 yeah, right. Liberators. I had I had a B yeah. I had the Enola, I had the Anola Gay.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, you know, I mean that was a huge model back then. You know, and then I was I showed it speaking of that military stuff. I showed Andy a thing. And I just told him I said, Boy, do we have a long way to go? Is I saw this thing on the Toro modeling contest of Los Vados. Have you ever heard of that? No, these there, it was one of the things that I sent you on Facebook messenger, Andy, people are modeling in black and white. What? There's photos of people modeling. I, I, and I just, I even showed my wife and she says, wait a minute, is that going to be painted? I said, no, they modeled it in black and white. So it's nothing but shades of gray and, and, you know, different tones, you know, um, because if anybody's ever heard, listened to Boomer, you know black and white aren't colors. Right. So <laughs> yeah, right. yeah,
2: it's toning, you know, just, toning up,
0: yeah. toning up and yeah, toning this down. One
2: model, you know, this one diorama, i will just show you this quick too. This blew me away. This one here. Wrong one. This one here where the guy did like <laughs> oh. the U, like the U five hundred five, like captured. That you know, cool. you know Before cool. it sunk. Like, it's just, on, un- like, it's just, like, I mean, this stuff was totally, like, the benchmark and, like, revolutionary, right? Like, dioramas right. were, like, the diorama, like, I don't know if people know the full history, like, in the context of model railroading either. Like, with the diorama, like, before the advent of the silver particle camera, that's how you captured an image.
3: Yeah. Like,
2: in the 19th century in Europe, like, if you, like, if you were, like, had money and you went on a safari somewhere. And you wanted to bring back your impression, like, you know, rather, you know, rather than painting a a canvas flat is they build this three dimensional scene with taxidermy, whatever, of the lions on the Serengeti and the antelope like shrunk in a smaller scale further back with a a rounded painted backdrop. And you walked into it and it was just like, numb. it was like incredibly like immersive. Right. Right. This was a big, big thing, but it was the, uh, the camera like once the camera came into vogue the silver particle camera yeah all that all that fell out of vogue right you know like can you imagine a society without a camera like no. how would you capture yeah right like it was all paintings right it was flat canvases and then sculpture and so the diorama fell out of vogue and it was all it was like a lost art until the um late 60s early 70s when these guys here started doing it in the military and the guy and the John Allen's and the, uh, John Armstrong and all those guys, they understood that, yeah. right? Like they were aware of that and familiar with that type of modeling and they applied it to their model railroad. I mean, look at John Allen's Gore and Daffodid, right? The thing is yeah, just right. a stunning work of art, right? Right. Like, you know, the way he like did the mountain, I mean the whole Like that whole philosophy was behind all those masters, those model railroad masters that have, you know, passed on. Right.
0: And that's, you know, that's, that's really interesting that you, you, you talk about these, you know, these masters that we think about, but they, they, (laughs) they have these giant sprawling layouts, but they all come from the, from the, the diorama, right. Their, their, their techniques or their, their Genesis comes from that diorama not, Big sprawling plywood Pacific that we'd have in the basement.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the driving philosophy behind most layouts that really impress me that I've seen over the years. Where there's this, um, like it's really hard to explain because there's so many unbelievable like layouts. Like, you know, I mean, I've looked at so many layouts and it's just so cool the way each individual sees the world and then they express it, you know, because there's the big debate about, you know, the big debate about, uh, you know, is a model railroad art, right? Like, I don't know if you really want to go into that, but I mean, I have a good argument for (laughs) it. Uh, You don't have to be an artist to to, uh, build an effective or impressive model railroad, right? Like, you don't have to. Yeah, right, exactly. But you're actually practicing the virtues of art when you're doing it. Like, if you're painting and sculpting and you're recreating a scene with emotion and immersion, you're actually practicing many aspects or attributes of art, right?
0: Yeah. So yeah. I want to, I want to, uh, Boomer, and I apologize for this, uh, in advance. I'm going to filter in a few questions from the audience as, as we're having our chat here, yeah, but, sure. uh, mini Prince, uh, has a, has a good question here that kind of ties into to what we're talking about here. And it says, uh, what is it about miniatures that are so appealing to us? And, you know, what, uh, right. what do you think your opinion is on, or what is your opinion on that? Um, for for our friend over at Mini, Bernard at Mini Prints.
2: Yeah, he does some nice work. I like his stuff. I've, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> Hashtag
0: not sponsored, by the way. They they're not I mean, a sponsor. He's the of the kind f- guy
2: that's figuring out the you know the learning curve, right? Like the computer, like the you know the blender, the CAD or whatever they're doing. Like that's where he's putting his time in, and that's just going to keep showing. It's going to keep producing, right? Because yeah. that's really where all the work is done. Like if you sculpt in a tactile sense, like that's the way I like to do it with just you know clay and sort of right. hands-on, like old school. I mean, I don't have the time to learn that, but the but but the people that are doing that now in the hobby, like if they keep keep at it and just keep yeah. at it, it's just going to grow, right? Because right. I really think the 3D, like the miniature aspect of what can be achieved through a 3D printer now in every genre is is only in its infancy right now, right? Yeah. And, Hmm. uh, you know, to capture something miniature like that, like to, there's something about seeing something and then, I don't know, maybe it's a control thing. I don't know. But for me, whenever I saw something in, you know, like in life, like train related, like a scene, like I thought, Hey man, I want to miniaturize that. Like I can't Hmm. take that scene home, but if I build a model of it, I can, you know, sort of keep that that you know the emotion of that i can encapsulate, you know the emotion of that scene and preserve it you know and have it right like own it you know have it be unique
1: that's like today one of the best things that we have are are these things here so you see us you see us you see a scene like you're saying you see a scene you can actually capture that scene in real time take it home and then go ahead and recreate it as you know and, and use all these different you know diorama techniques oh, to exactly, where you, yeah. to where years ago like you were saying you didn't have that ability it would take it would take three months and you only had to hope that you got the right picture that you wanted you know
2: um, right yeah yeah with the thirty six roll <laughs> With the, the Fujimi right like for, you Fuji, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuji, roll <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're taking thirty six roll only two turn out right I I tell my whips. wife. Well,
1: I tell my wife all the time, I said, you're sure glad this is, you should be glad this isn't film camera because we'd be broke. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, the digital camera. Hey, listen, like this, like this device that you just said, Mike, has been part of the driving force behind River Road, like to get all my like prototypical scenes to work from. Because I throw them up on the computer from different angles and I can study, you know, right. And it's there and I can pick things off. I can bring it home with me. Like we all have a phone, like you get like photographs, like you can't, like, it's pretty tough to build without photographs. Right. Like, you know, like as an inspiration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to go to the site to, to, you know, to build your railroad, but it helps to have photos, you know?
0: I think that, I think it ties into that. Even, even for the, the people that build the railroads of lies, you know, the freelancers, right. You still have to have that plausibility, right of you know you can't have a 85 story skyscraper in the middle of the woods you know type of thing so you, <laughs> you need to you need to you know kind of scale it back um but just you know and, and and have some you know I guess real elements tied into that to that freelance structure or railroad and I think I think by studying or incorporating pictures is a is a great way to essentially paint that scene but I think I think you guys are touching on something too is that like for me, when I think of, of of building the model railroad, I actually think of of like myself standing in the scene, right, and and taking it all in and having the trees and the grass and you know even even recalling since you know I grew up next to the railroad tracks that smell of creosote, right, in the tides. Oh, yeah. and on a on a cool spring evening you know, taking a walk down the railroad tracks and there's a bit of fog and, you know, the grass is just starting to get green and there's that heavy dewy smell of creosote in the air. And like, I think, I think just by actually having the the 3d physical, you know, space around you, you kind of, kind of transport yourself to that, that locale and really connect with it. So,
2: yeah, for sure. yeah.
0: So that's great. Um, so thanks for, thanks for answering that. The, I guess the other thing is, is so you've, you've built 12 layouts. Um, is any one of them your, your favorite? Yeah. River so Road. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know and I think that's the way it is for everybody. Like we always get better, right? Like we always yeah. increase in our skills. Like it's just, the, it's just human nature, you know? Like yeah, the human sentient right. is an incredible thing. Like, you know, the creativity, like the learning curve, Right. you know, like, I mean, I'm sure just about everybody here that's listening now has built, you know, one or two layouts or they're, they're working on a layout. And then when they get to a different section later on, they're achieving skills and becoming aware of skills that have matured than when they first started the layout. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I and I'll, I'd say that, you know, um, this one that I'm building right now is is by far my best attempt at it um at at a model railroad for for sure hopefully um hopefully it it becomes my favorite and i stick with it this time so i'm not building
2: my yeah 16
0: 12th rendition of it but yeah
2: okay. hey, yeah oh no hey listen man you got a big big canvas there right? yeah like compared to me even like i think uh river roads only like two feet deep by 26 feet long
1: so is well, it in a bedroom? Is that is that where you have it? It's like it's in a, bedroom? a bedroom,
2: yeah, yeah. It's okay. in a uh, ten by twelve, uh, like you know, climate controlled room.
3: Yeah, and I love nice. it too.
2: Right, like I just like I've done that. Like I did that. I think once or twice before. But, the, but uh, the way River Road started, like, you know, like I started with Glover Road, like after I finished school, I went back later in life as a mature adult to finish a degree. But, and then I did, was sort of bored and I found this door, like this door skin. And that's how I started Glover Road, right? Yeah, right. The one before. And I just bolted it, just pinned it to the wall and sort of, I thought, oh, I'll put a header with some lights and, you know, and I always like I had built shadow boxes for the museum. Like that was a really cool decade of the nineties where I had a really, really, I was very fortunate. Uh, I was working for a guy that built Granville Island in Vancouver. right. Yeah. His name was John Keith King. He passed away. Unfortunately, a few years ago with with cancer, but he was such a beautiful Mm. man. Like he was, he like the guy pulled together, like about 12 artists from Canada that were all into models, and like, just uh, like guys that were you know, the engineer, the model engineers that built the live steam. Like, he yeah. found the best of those guys and the best model ship builders. This one guy that was uh, he was incredible, the guy, like, like mm. he was an alcoholic. But the guy, I've never seen it. No, no, I'm not kidding. You. <laughs> this guy built ship models, like, I'm talking sh- like builders' models, yeah, okay, like, like real museum. Mm-hmm. Stuff that that's that's even beyond film industry stuff, like stuff that's made to last a hundred years. Like just to, like guy built the hood, eleven foot long hood. It's in the uh I, wow. I think the British monarchy bought it like when he passed away, but you know, that's another story. But the guy was incredible, right? And I used to like I worked with him, like I was doing this big layout for the museum. Like you'd ask, you know, what was my favorite layout? That was the funnest project. Really? Yeah, the old scale one that we built. We tried to do uh John Allen's <laughs> well, we I did, you know, like I tried to do is kind of you know, I was inspired by John Allen. I want to do the big mountains, but but all trees though, too. Like take it to another level. Like the bridges I built on that thing and and uh and the trees, there were six thousand trees on this thing, like O scale. Like oh there Oh my were, gosh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, the guy we were doing. This big, Oh yeah, they were huge. They were like three feet high, some of them. Oh my god, this is O scale, right? So if you yeah. do the math, like trees here are average 200 feet high. Like wow. that's a small Douglas fir, actually. So anyway, this guy he was funny. Like, like uh his dad worked for the CPR, like he came from Winnipeg. Like the guy had this huge collection of all the cutlery. And porcelain from the CPR, like from coaches, from high-end, yeah, you know, first class. Yeah. And anyway, he started a collection. And he was a very successful architect in Vancouver. Wow. And uh, he had all this CPR stuff. So he built his own museum. And it started out with fishing, marine, and then uh, 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 model ships. Like, that's when I came in. Yeah. And then uh, before he built the model railroad, and then I brought him in a bunch of dioramas that I had shown around the Pacific Northwest, in Seattle and Canada and it won all these awards. He says, I don't want to buy them all off you. I says, Oh, geez, I don't know if I really want to sell them, but he said, no, here I'll, what do you want? Right. And oh, so, wow. he, you know, so he signed the check and I was like, Whoa. So I said, okay, fine. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then somebody told me a friend, I had like an artist group that I hung out with. They said, yeah. don't worry about it because you never build a build unless you sell them. Like just sell them yeah. and make more. Right. And, right. And so, so then he, He approached me and said, Hey, can you build me a uh, model railroad in this? Like, it was like 110 feet long by, I don't know, 25 feet wide. It was this huge wedge and this sort of uh, really cool. Yeah, this like above a bar. Like, as soon as (laughs) he came into Granville Island, yeah, it was this pie shaped building. Yeah. Right. And uh, he, like, he says, I want you to build me this model railroad just like your dioramas. I said, No, no, it can't be done. Right like like I can't do that kind of detail on all oh, of that size and magnitude like it'll take 10 years. Yeah. He said, "Well, he said, can you do it in a year?" <laughs> and I was like, "What? <laughs> you know, a year?" Right? He said, "You can hire people if you want. Hire whoever you want." Right? Really? Yeah. So I hired oh them, like God. all these all these model builders and model people that had experience in model railroads and stuff. Oh so my I gosh. hired them. Yeah.
0: Unbelievable, yeah. That is a serious yeah. commission. wow yeah. it was two hundred fifty
2: thousand dollars That's what it cost oh, to build. Oh my god, $40 million million. Oh.
0: Yeah,
2: but it was all done, right? And then, yeah. like, okay, so the reason why he did it was is he acquired this collection of 148-scale uh interurban BC electric. They were the most unbelievable models you've ever seen, like 148-scale, yeah. like yeah. like narrow gates gazette style. Like, these things were incredible, man. And these teachers, like, they were retired, like, doctors and teachers that were building these things. People yeah. that you would never think, right? Yeah. And they were unbelievable. And there was this big uh, competition to get this collection. It was the all, every BC electric uh, interurban car, they built wow. the whole fleet in 148 scale with the trolleys working on the, like, unreal. On the key and all that? Yeah, everything. Oh, Wow. And so he, he got half the collection and and like, he takes me to this room. He says, okay, see this. I want you to build this into the diorama with the CPR. And I want you to, so it was, it was three rail. It was uh, O gauge three rail. It was two rail and, and uh, traction traction and fine skill all combined into one AC and DC. Right. It was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, and then, Mm -hmm. um, the whole thing was foam like two inch like he like Tiger's like I, like i sculpted the whole thing like i yeah. laid in like like foam i was snapping it over my knee because i just got out of the film film industry so i was like you know really sharp I was you know a sculptor in the film industry so i you know was doing that for years right so i could yeah. fly and anyway so i was so i said oh yeah okay you know i got this right yeah so i just started snapping foam over my knee and scribing again guys and just pl 300 by the case so gluing it all in building oh, this wow. massive like rough and then i took two olfa knives like one in each hand and i just started going nuts i carved <laughs> the whole thing
3: <laughs> like edward scissorhands <laughs> yeah, just
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, and there was a bar downstairs you know it was like crazy right the like, guys oh. i would like, I didn't go down there, but the guys that were working for me did, and they'd never come back. Like, every yeah. lunch, they go for, you know, right? They yeah, have a couple of was,
0: beers, and that was the yeah, end of it. Well, yeah, that was it, right?
2: I said, <laughs> you guys better go home. But I stayed and worked because I was a real, you know, real sort of workaholic kind of. Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, really hard worker. So, and uh, so we got this thing roughly done in about a year. But the oh yeah, the trees. I gotta tell you, I don't know if I told you about the trees. So I was trying to figure out what's the best way to build these trees with a taper, right? Yeah, like like tapered. Like it's a lot of work just to to plane that. So I I found this whack of pool cues, right? Like there in the go. back room, yeah, yeah right. And so I said to the guy, I says, "Hey, man, can you get me pool Says, "Yeah." How many do you need? I said, "I don't know, six hundred wow. or something." Right? Yeah. So then I took pool cues and I made some molds out of like I sculpted clay over them, and then wow, yeah. And then I got another guy, like in film, a buddy of mine, to make the molds, and then we were pouring it at a resin. We bought these five gallon drums of, you know, resin, like two part yeah. resin, kicks off in like two minute. We were pouring. Like, you know, the same three trees, like oh the big gosh. ones, they were, yeah. they were just, and we mixed them all up. And it was like everything from trees like this big to three feet high, you know. So, like, it looked like, you know, I was trying to do John Allen's Gorn and Daffin that look down the valley, but all trees, though. Yeah, yeah right. It was, just, it was just insane, right? Oh, my Project. God.
0: I couldn't imagine working in that type of condition. I imagine that resin probably smelled terrible.
2: Yeah, it's just, you know, we were all, like, like uh, we were all getting paid really good money. Yeah. And uh, we were having so much fun, burgers and beer. You know, the whole yeah, thing. Right? It was just really, like, a dream, right? It was a dream oh. job. And uh, furthermore, uh, I was building dioramas, like these little, you know, one foot by, you know, whatever. Like, still doing that at home because I had a studio at home. So, I was building those as well. And he would buy those. And then oh, wow. I would do... Um, like fine scale. Oh, like, you know, like people talk about rivet counting, right? Like, look, <laughs> I've been there, right? Like the yeah. rivet counting thing, but those were for people that paid me to do it though. Sure. Like I don't, yeah, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's like, oh, that's a sweatshop routine for me. I just,
0: oh, I just want to have
2: fun now, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm having I a mean, lot of fun now. with it, And
0: it shows, it certainly shows based on uh, what we can see on YouTube. And you're, it's just, been, it's, well, for, I was
2: fortunate, right? I was yeah. lucky to have like a career, you know, like a, a career. Like I always did it as a kid and then I always found jobs doing it. And then there was a part, like a 20 year period where I was doing it full time, like six days a week and you're bound to get good at it. Right. Yeah. Cause you're right. doing it constantly doing new projects and you never get tired of it. Cause, cause there's always a new project, right. And, and the inspiration and the money, Right, like that's the greatest compliment you can ever get is money, right? Yeah, you know, when someone pays you for something like that, it's like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So Just sign
1: yeah. me up. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. boomer, so is that is that kind of how you started to get your kind of love affair with the Tamiya paints and and things and pigments <laughs> yeah. and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, right, yeah, because I mean, yeah. you always because you always yeah. you always talk about in your videos is like, yeah, uh, you've been using this for years, you've been using this for. How did you end up finding out about those? Was it just by accident or did you just kind of find it? And, you know, I mean, because you've got me sold on them. I know I know, Andy has a lot of them. Yeah, I have, it, I it, have all sorts of I, them here. Yeah, I've got yeah. – yeah, my checkbook hates you, by the way, uh, yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> – I well, hey, listen, I can't, you
2: know how that started? I'll tell you. Okay, quick. Yeah. Okay, so there was a guy – so uh, I was building these uh, – uh, uh, like two piece dioramas that were 12 feet long, like there were railroad shelf kind of scenes, like sort of one to one scale, but in double uh, O, like and HO. Like I built this big, uh, it was a 12 foot module layout of whales, a little. Uh, was double O with uh hornby stuff and it was just the hills of wales and the you know the signal box all that stuff. So, because i was into the british rail stuff for a while too right oh, wow. and so i took it to this show to this model railroad show and lego <laughs> lego won first prize but that's okay because everybody was into lego that was the thing mm-hmm. right yep. and it still is like lego's like it's a cool culture right but anyways, this guy came up to me at the show and he said, "Hey man, do you, uh, you know, uh, would you like to custom paint locomotives for me?" And I said, "Yeah, okay, sure, right. What do you got?" Yeah. And this guy had a model railroad, uh, re- well, it was sort of a wholesale retail. He's he markets in the states, yeah, and up here. And uh, I don't really want to say his name right now, but uh, right. anyway, so the guy says, "Hey, so I have all these American clients that want custom painted locomotives, Cato." Like when Cato was really big, right? This was in the, yeah, like early nineties or so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it was a, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so 75% of my clients through him, like via through him, like he would give me these, uh, HO scale locomotives and I'd get like 150 us for every paint job. Right. Whoa. Wow. And, and most of them were Canadian Pacific and, the the uh, trains that he was giving me were like uh, heritage bnsf he said strip those and paint them red i was like what <laughs> right <laughs> yeah 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 like you know because he couldn't get undexed. so then he ordered from cato finally they came through and he was getting caseloads of cato like uh, SD st40-2 is where the big ones
3: right? Bro. yeah yeah
2: and And 50% of that 75% of the American clients I had wanted Canadian Pacific and Canadian National SD40-2s. That's what they wanted. Sure. Yeah. So I was custom painting like these things. I was using Tamiya paint because he he says, I'll get you the paint from Japan too. And I said, yeah, great. Because I could mix it with isopropyl alcohol. And isopropyl alcohol was cheap. I could buy it by the gallon at a horse and tack place for 10 bucks. Yeah, right. And and it mixed, it it like suspended to uh, t- me a pigment beautifully, right? And then it would settle out and you could see it later and know what you had in there. And it was just very commercial orientated paint, like on a high end, right? Yeah. And right. so I was painting everything with Tamiya and I was getting it for free. I had cases of Tamiya paint. So I became indoctrinated and addicted to it. You
0: know? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, I suppose you and, for the the volume of, I mean, of of locomotives that you painted, I guess you got pretty familiar with it. Why why quit using yeah. it if it's
2: yeah exactly it's been
0: awesome? That's that's unreal.
2: It, yeah, and you, then it was like uh, the weathering thing came in, like how I did the wash thing, like the isopropyl pressure wash. Like how I developed that was, uh, uh, there were clients saying, Hey man, can you weather like, uh, a dozen, uh, hoppers for me? Like just a, a light weathering. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I was in my studio one day and I thought, you know, geez, I don't really want to like to do a really good job. You really got to focus in, right? Like, yeah, like it really is, a uh, you know, sort of a one-off at a time kind of thing, you know, if you want to do a really nice job. But this guy said, oh, don't worry about it. Like, just do a casual kind of, like, they're kind of faded and weathered. So what I would do is I would line up all these, like, uh, hoppers, right? Yeah. Brand new, right? And then I would just spray them all with, uh, uh, like, raw umber paint. Paint yep. them all with, to me, with raw umber. Cover them all, like the whole, take the trucks off. Yeah. And then I just took isopropyl alcohol and just turn the the pressure up on the compressor and use it like a pressure washer and oh, just washed sure. it all off. And it all yeah. like 90% of the paint just, you know, went into the newspaper and when they dried, they looked really good. And so I was banging off like 20 or 30, like every half hour.
0: Speed painting right? or speed yeah. weathering. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: And he was okay with them. I said, Hey man, like, are these okay? And he said, yeah, fine. So, you know, oh, it was cool. like, this was all, during that decade or two where I was in the, in the saddle with the whole deal, it was just crazy. Right.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Right. Yeah. We, we had one of the questions in the chat earlier. I, I think it's kind of gone a little bit is what, it, what exactly do you have you done in for like in the movie and film industry or what, it, what do you do for a living now?
2: Well, now I'm sort of semi-retired. I work for the government. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. All right. Easy (laughs) enough. Yeah, that's easy. Like the municipal government, right? I work for the township of Langley, actually. I have for the last 20 years. So even then, I had a studio and I was, you know, doing, you know, work like private client work and stuff like that. But I kind of phased out of it over time. I started to get burned out, right? Right. You know, I just, yeah, yeah, I just became... Like, I don't blame the people like, you know, like after a while, like people, people have a right to demand quality, right? Like they have a right, you know, like you're always going to get people that you can never satisfy. And those would start to, you know, I started getting a lot of those and it was like, okay, I can't really keep doing this. This is because, because I was getting sloppy too, you know, like, I was. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to be honest, like, I was getting kind of, oh, jeez, you know, I'm not really putting everything in this anymore, and it's not fair to them. So, right, exactly. so I had to close out uh, that chapter and and then move away. And then, like, in film, I just did a lot of model work. Like, I built sets. I taught a university uh, uh, stagecraft. Like, later on when I was in out, I did a few gigs in film. Uh, but I sort of got out of it in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, when I started doing more of my own stuff.
0: Sure. So So,
1: did um, did anything for anything we know?
2: Uh, (laughs) just, uh, well, there was some, uh, there was a big period of where everyone was doing space shuttles. Like I remember I, I did a series of space shuttles for, you know, those, yeah. I never watched the movies. I didn't care because, you know, I was working like 11, 12, 14 hours a day. You don't care about the movie. Well, you just care about it, the man. work, right? <laughs> right? Right, right. Because, yeah. uh, you know, you can't, like, you don't, like, you, know, you can't even view the movie anyway because you, you know, you're always looking for cables and microphones and flaws everywhere. And right. you just got, like, you weren't really into that part of it. It was just like work, right? Yeah. And uh, but it was fun too, right? It was a fun job. Like movie model making is like I learned so much in that industry. Like I'm thankful for it. I really am. Like I learned from guys that were just this blew me away. Like like they could just build stuff from just a pile of wood and plastic. They just look at the plan and like that's where I learned a lot of that. Oh really? Like how to draw? Oh yeah. Like how to draw from photographs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like like a lot of times like. You know, you just go to a site or a location. Like, if you had to reproduce a scene, and you just photograph the area, and then you just draft drawings right from the photograph. It's a technique. I show how to. Actually, I'm doing another episode, more specific to that, to make it more understandable. About it's actually not that difficult. You can take. Is a... it if it's,
1: is that similar to how you showed uh, sculpting that moose? Like where yeah, you so had look, the.
2: With he- so with architecture, it's 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 even easier. I once met. you know the size of a door, like once you know, okay, door seven feet high, right?
0: Three feet and wide,
2: and three feet wide. So if you uh-huh. get a perpendicular photograph or a straight-on shot, you can do the math with any increment you want superimposed over that photograph, and find out all your dimensions within six inches to a foot.
3: Yep.
1: And in and in uh, the model world, that's close enough, right?
2: Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Nope. You know, it's probably more critical and larger scales. Like in the movies, like we never built any of those small scales like H.O.O. We never built any of that stuff. It's all quarter scale. Right. Right. It's worth three inches, like three inches on a tape measure. Right. Is one yeah. foot is one yeah. foot in the model. Oh, so enormous. a quarter inch is an inch. So so a quarter inch on your tape measure is an inch on the model. So you can figure out how big it is. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, incredible. So going back to the Tamiya paint, we did have a question from the chat. So, uh, do you, do you use anything else chemically through your airbrush besides IPA? No. Um, and then do you have multiple airbrushes that, uh, work yes. for, you do, uh, for work outside of IPA or just, yes, or is I it do. just. You do. Okay. So you, so for example, like lacquer thinner, those types of things you have. I don't shoot lacquer
2: thinner anymore. And I'll tell you why, like I'm allergic to it or something. Like it's it's horrible. Like I, like I can cover all the bases now with IPA, like 50%, like, like it doesn't really matter. Okay. So 50% won't eat through. Like, if you spray a model with Tamiya and you want to strip it, let's say, like, 50% will remove it, but 99% will peel it right off. But you can shoot uh, Tamiya with 99% or 50%, and it won't look any different on the model, right? Really? No, it won't. So, I mean, I'll mix a lot of times Tamiya with 50% when I'm just spraying, like, a locomotive. I'll probably use 50%. Because I don't want it to be too, like too sensitive, right? Like in case I put another coat on or something like that. But if I want to like if I'm weathering, I I try to use 99% because I can cut through it easier and faster if I want to. Right. So and plus it, it, you know, like IPA cleans your airbrush as you're spraying it with the pigment. It's actually cleaning your airbrush every time you're shooting paint. Right. And it's so easy to clean too your airbrush, right? It's like easy peasy.
1: Right. We we need to clarify one thing here, though, is the fact that boomers in Canada, okay, they can get ninety nine percent in Canada. I think in well, the United States, no, I think in the United States the best we can get is ninety one.
0: Oh, nice. well, you can, you, that's you can you
1: that's plenty good. 70. I mean, that's usually what I use. Yeah, yeah. seventy is good. Yep, great. I've used that before. Yeah. But in case I didn't want anybody to go and say, hey, we can't find 99% in the States. Well, that's because we, we're we not able to have it here.
3: <laughs>
1: so... well, you see the thing with
2: 99, Yeah, right. So 99% just means you get a little more bang for your buck if you thin it.
0: Yeah, it's less water, right? Yeah, it's less yeah, water.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. So, then, so if you take a bottle of like 99% IPA and then cut it in half, 50%, <laughs> pour it into another bottle, half, and then top them both up with water, you basically have 49% or 48.5%. Yeah ipa right
1: yeah right there you go.
2: yeah but not yep, rubbing that... alcohol nope this is rubbing is... alcohol though
1: this is isopropyl alcohol
2: yeah you can use nope. rubbing alcohol as well to paint with but and it won't remove like layers though if that's what you want to do yeah yeah
0: so so that's quite the that's quite the introduction we're just Just shy of under 40 45 minutes here on the live stream. So, um, that's that's fantastic. So, we've 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 built you've built, I should say, quite a few layouts, uh, over the course of time. And there's a, I guess, your your career has almost you know, or has has helped you along the way, um, almost so that you could model very efficiently, um, at a very high level in terms of quality as well. So, I think that's really neat to. To see that you know a lot of your work, um, you know, is is tying back into your hobby as well. So, fantastic. Um, I do want to just give a shout out to the chat here, real quick, as we carry yep. on. Um, so we we're, we're Can up I just disappear 100...
2: for a minute here. I just got to pop out for a second.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we do have we do have uh, about a hundred and fifty people in the chat tonight. Um, so if we, there are a lot of questions coming in, I will try to get to every, every, you know, as many questions as we can here, um, as, as we go through our, our segments. Um, and we are going to do a hashtag not sponsored this evening. Uh, just talk about a couple of things. Hopefully we've talked a lot about a lot of products already, but then we are going to do a short line of the show, special edition for this evening. And then we're going to talk about, uh, with Boomer here. Uh, ultimately uh, the question that Heath brought up earlier um, about the, the diorama um, or the model railroad and and what came first and why. So, um, so keep bringing your stuff back into the chat here. Um, I see a lot of familiar faces out there. Model railroad. I is here tonight. Um, Otter Creek and Rio Grande uh, off the rails. Welcome. Happy Valley Hobbies. Welcome. Um, Seems like a good crew tonight. I see Ron's from Ron Trains and Things is here this evening. Um, Congratulations to Ron on his uh, subscriber milestone uh, that he had out there. Yeah, congratulations. is here this evening. Um, Heath from Humanity Junction is here. Andy Crawford's here. Uh, Roy um, Eltham is here. Um, Wigwag Workshop, welcome. (laughs) And there is... There is the star of the show this evening. Looks like we have is that Dusty making an appearance.
2: I give everybody a, a view of Dusty there.
0: Yeah, everyone had to get a view of <laughs> Dusty there. She's, she's been, right
2: in since Glover Road. She's been right in on the whole. Yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: I, I see that. Um, so she looked really irritated
1: with you when you started the overpass scene because you took her laying yeah. down spot.
2: Yeah. She's got a side to her too. Right? She's got oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Most girls do, right? You know, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's and, that's and uh,
1: I see very. I see that uh, everybody has been correcting me already. Uh, so you know I'm. Got to be a little humid. That's fine. That's good. I did not know that you could get 99% in the United States. I was told that yeah. you could not, but apparently you can. So that is awesome. Now everybody rush yeah. out to your favorite 99% store and,
2: and <laughs> go go get some. Look, hey, you know, with, you know, with IP, like, I don't want to, you know, downplay the other alternatives too, right? Like, you know, using solvent, like Humbrol paints, like they're all good paints, like, I right. grew up on humble and testers like humble enamels are the best pigment, like hobby paint there is right. Like for oil base. Yeah. To me yeah. it's acrylic. Right. So they're both two different paints. Right. But the advantage to acrylic is that, okay, there's a bit of a learning curve because it dries really fast, like yes, super fast. And I love yeah. economy, right? Like that's, I've learned to appreciate economy because of my history, but like, Humbrol paints, like, you know, the little cans, I don't know if they still sell them, like, where you're at, but I think they're almost pretty much gone in Canada now, the the Humbrol, like, solvent-based paints, but, or they're trying we, to get rid of them all, but. Yeah, we don't,
0: I, I haven't seen, I haven't, I seen, haven't one seen
2: one for a long, long time. I know in, in Britain, like, in the UK, they, you know, a lot of really good modelers, like, master modelers use Humbrols as well, and they are, you know, like, figure painters, too, and. And model railroaders, like their culture, they still use a lot of the enamel pigments and they're excellent paints. I have a few still that I use, so rarely, but I still use them.
0: So I think, I think that's a, a pretty good segue, uh, Boomer, to, to get us into our first uh, segment off of the intro. Um, I think it's time to, we'll, we'll take a short commercial break here and we'll introduce the Greasy Meat Hands Band for everybody. And we'll get to our first, let's see here. Did I bring it, did I bring it up here? I did. Yeah. Let's bring it up. So welcome back to, to the second section podcast here. Thank you. Greasy Meat Hands Band we're going to go and talk about hashtag not sponsored couple of products items that we're especially excited about here. Um, Mike, I know you had a couple things, um, that you wanted to talk about this evening from the, from the land of, is it Rapido, right?
1: Yeah. Rapido land just made a couple of neat little announcements. Oh, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there. (laughs) Um, yeah. Rapido land, uh, can't remember exactly where they were if they were down at irm or someplace
0: they were at the illinois and, rail museum
1: uh, yeah and they made an announcement about some things in n scale yeah uh, they're coming out with a i believe it was a santa fe reefer which looked really really cool i mean like <laughs> repeatal quality detailing kind of nice. stuff it's you know in n scale and then also the same thing with a uh, plastic of four bay plastics hopper mm-hmm. more modern type plastics hop ribside plastics hopper which again it, it just rapido does a great job with their stuff i mean they're they detail oh, things yeah. all right to the right yeah. to the nth degree and in n scale to... no they're not but i mean they're uh <laughs> they're they they can you know they, they they came out with these two things in n scale and didn't really give a I think they, they there's a video out on this. So if you go to YouTube and look it up, I believe there's a you know that's where I saw it. And uh the other thing is is the for me at least being a Milwaukee road guy, it's down the road a little ways. And I I don't need any of these. I even though I model S scale it's well documented, but I might buy a couple <laughs> of these just because of the fact that I think they're cool. Is they're coming out with the Oh, I'm gonna screw this. I'm gonna screw this up. Good job. It's the yeah. Thanks. It's the P F forty PH dash something something. Basically, Metra's metros uh, commuter units that got the GP fifty nine style body to them. Nice. Though they're coming out with those, and it looked like like three or four different paint schemes. And they were kind of coming out with those in conjunction with some CB&Q fluted side by-level cars that they had. So they would have Burlington, BNSF, and Metra all with those with the CB&Q cars it looked like. wow. And then they said that if those sell good, that in the future, there may be Milwaukee Road and Rock Island. So that, because they all had sim, very similar cars. So um that, that was really exciting. And then they also said that they're coming out with the, the Burlington Northern E9s in commuters. Ooh. Yes. And that's something that they're, that they are in the process of like developing. I, I believe they've got a bunch, they said they got a bunch of the drawings done, and, but they're still doing R&D on it and everything. Yeah yep so it it really was an exciting announcement from them and it literally has nothing to do with me but i just thought it was the (laughs) coolest thing i would heard in a long time uh because they're so known for doing all their canadian prototypes right and and uh they're coming out with so many more they're starting to get more and more into the american prototypes especially the commuter stuff and those guys those guys haven't had anything for the most part, Uh, you know, er, the only bi-level kid I grew up with was a three brothers one, you know, Uh, and, and that was, I've only seen one of those ever in my entire life. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was kind of neat. So check out their announcement. I believe it's on YouTube. Uh, um, if I can find the link, I'll have Andy throw it into the show notes.
0: I'll get her into the show notes for you. I can handle Uh, that. Um, but Talk to the producer, yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's my, that's my hashtag not sponsored. I just kind of thought it was like a really neat announcement this time.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Rapido, they just, they always come out with, I guess, eclectic equipment, I guess, to say the least, or safe to say it a, a certain way.
1: Well in their and their announcements are it's worth watching for the entertainment value alone. Jason Schron is hilarious. He should take that show on the road. Yeah. Uh, I mean he is a funny guy, but uh they they really they really did a, a nice job with all of that. So
2: it's uh
1: I'm kinda of looking forward to seeing how the finished product ends up being.
2: Oh, there's West Coast Rails. <laughs> yeah, he's near yeah, uh, he's out in Vancouver here, I think. Yeah, Sorry. So, No, no, oh, no, no, that's, that's all, right. Right, all right. That's <laughs> that's part of the
0: fun is interacting with the chat. Uh, so, yeah, maybe catch a track side sometime, eh? But anyways. Yeah, I don't get down
2: to Vancouver very often anymore. I'm a Langley guy. I love, love the valley out here. Just, it's all out here, man.
0: <laughs> and then Lots ladies. of train
2: action, I'll tell you. Yeah, I oh, bet. Oh, hey, listen, I just want to give you a little... little, uh, little uh, Kirk here, so I have a real a uh, episode that I just produced called the Short Line Local on SRY ah. that I got the other day, and I'm going to release it right after the show. So really, <laughs> I'm going to yeah on my channel.
1: Well, I know what I'm going to be. I know what I'm going to be doing tonight. <laughs> yeah,
0: after after we get done with the show Still, here, I know what I'm going to be 10 doing. Yeah, it's
2: pretty good actually. I was yeah, lucky so, to get it. I was really lucky to get it locally here switch oh, wow. uh, yeah sry switch it was cool uh, yeah. Yeah, i thought mike awesome. would really like that too well andy, oh, don't yeah. you yeah okay so mike you model an s and andy obviously ho right yep so i wanted to ask you a question mike about s oh boy so, <laughs> this yeah, is awesome i don't want to forget i don't want to forget <laughs> right okay like like where do you get your your running chassis from like if you wanted to model a like a GP nine, like where do you get the chassis or the body or anything, right?
1: My shelf right up here. See, Mike, he's I, probably not I, wearing I, pants or something I, weird like I, that. That's why he's not. Well, seeing. hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: <laughs> like, do they have any any selection at all? Right. Oh
1: yeah, they have they have a <laughs> selection. Stop it. No, <laughs> that one's empty. What the
2: uh, heck is the see? one that I wanted? Oh, here we go. This is a. Do so, they have one of these, Mike?
0: What's that?
2: That's um, a uh, guess. What this is? Can anybody guess what this is?
0: Here, let That's me put a, you on the big
1: screen, Boomer. Let me see. That looks like that looks like a B forty nine. That looks like a B forty nine W.
0: I'm gonna or a B thirty nine B C O L. Yeah, number forty six forty
2: five c44 bc rail notice the Ooh. windows notice yep. the teardrop windows yeah because in Canada they use these to switch they don't use switches up here like <laughs> they switch everything with anything and oh, yeah, these like these cabs like I was teasing our friend from Ather in there Andy uh, a few weeks ago remember
3: yeah
2: what's yep. the, the the uh canadian cabs like the teardrop window Right, They did that for switching so the engineer could see the conductor down on the track. That's why they did that.
1: I've run one of those already.
2: BC I've Rail run. had these, and CN has a bunch still still running. Yeah.
1: Yeah, when I used to be on the road, I've run one of those when they first got BC Rail. Yeah,
2: yeah. That yeah. so little teardrop makes a big difference, eh, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it
1: can yeah. if you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we have a company called American Models for like GP9s and stuff. Oh yeah. You know. You know, it's you know,
2: Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah.
1: American Models. And then these are actually really nicely done. Uh, do they have a someone, like a
2: website, a dedicated S scale website?
1: Yeah, americanmodels.com oh, yeah. or okay. there's all there's all sorts of places that you can get S scale stuff. American but then models. the the thing is is this is kind of the knock on it is the fact that it's not actually any one phase of GP9. You kind of have to read between all the lines on it. So,
0: oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, there. It, it
1: has it has phase one. It you got to like do your phase... own chop nose. Eh? Yeah, you got to do your own chop nose. But if, on the top, it actually has inserts. So you can make this. A phase two, a phase three for radiator fans. Cool, you know. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. I end up. I don't. I typically just take some. What is this? Twenty 000, twenty thousand styrene. I put it in there, and then I just make yeah. my own fan.
2: she that's right up my alley, there, Mike. I, you might tempt me into. You know, oh after look at river this. Earth, yeah. finish River Road, you never know, right? Finish hey, River Road <laughs> and then
0: start and then start on an upscale process. Listen to
2: this. Uh, yeah. Don't,
0: don't do it. <laughs> right, Andy, yeah. don't, don't do it.
1: That's that's gonna be a rabbit hole that you go down, you're never gonna get out of.
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> what that's
2: like. Yeah. Don't do it. So uh, don't do it, Andy, don't right. do it. Yeah, no. yeah. This is no, going I'm sticking to River story. Road, man. I'm hooked line and sinker on that one. I'm oh, to finish that's, that one.
0: It's. uh, I can't wait to see to see it in in all. Okay, so
1: one sixty fourth scale. So basically, with s with s scale, it's uh, you can do everything in s scale with a ruler. I believe it's one one sixteenth of an inch equals a foot, is what it comes out to. So it's really like Boomer was saying. If you get your dimensions, it's even. Easier to calculate where you're at because I can just do it with a tape measure if I needed to. Right.
2: Yeah. The ratio is really friendly.
1: The ratio is really really friendly. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh it's very it's a user friendly scale is if you're willing to put the work in to model the uh yeah three sixteenths yeah three things thanks Neil three sixteenths equals a foot um yeah right so it really lends
2: itself to the more intimate scene doesn't it like if you're to do like you know that grain elevator that i'm sort of redoing version two of right yeah like here in milner like that would be a beautiful subject for s scale like just the model like and and like if you had a jeep nine like switching that out and like it's just like those kind of scenes like the smaller rural kind of you know what i mean s scale is beautiful it's made for that you know. And that's what I'm that's kind of what I'm doing.
1: I actually was telling Andy yesterday uh well no, what was it? yeah, yes, a couple, days, Sunday, ago. couple days ago that I'm going to be building a fertilizer plant in a oh, typical yeah. Midwestern and I've delivered to one. So I'm kind of making it's going to be a fictional fertilizer plant, but it's going to take aspects of all these places that I've seen nice. throughout my throughout my railroad career and I'm just nice. going to implement them all into one little building. And then I started watching your thing about how you build these buildings. I'm like, well, okay, now I got to get, get some wood. And I'm going to have to mock that up. So that's going to have to do it that way because you might as well skin it, skin that. And it's, uh, I, I fell in love with the way you did that. And I'm sitting there going,
2: man, this is just, why didn't I think of that before? (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of the beauty of model railroading. Is all like, there's so like the actual, like somebody asked me one time, like, as an artist, like, why do you choose model railroading? Like, why don't you just, cause I used to paint, you know, I painted flats. I sculpted, you know, I did a lot of different genres of the arts that I did well in usually, cause it was just up my alley. But you know, the model railroad is the most incredible medium for the greater community in the sense that there's so many facets to it, like for everyone. Right. Like, right. um, who was it? The fellow that has, uh, the, uh, um, forgive me uh it's otter creek uh the fellow he's gonna be mad at me i forgot his name anyway um, (laughs) he's he's doing the narrow gauge you know the the uh the the otter creek rio Grande narrow gauge you know right like he's on here too anyway he wired like the bottom did you see the bottom of his layout like it looked like the cockpit of a 747 like underneath yeah. Like it was just a work of art. Like that like no really like the electrical that he did was like art to me. Like the way everything was just perfect. Like the way it yeah. was wired and stuff. I mean that's not my thing, you know? No. Like I'm keep it simple, right? Like one bus underneath the layout with some droppers. two <laughs> I have two it. color
0: wires. I have red and <laughs> yep. I have black and, and that's, that's it. Right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, you
2: know. <laughs> Like the real deal, sure. Like just a hand throw, man. And the guy goes yeah. ahead with a, you know, with a. a uh, I don't even know how. How um, actually, I, I was down on the SRY. Like I go down there a lot, and there was a guy that it was way ahead. He was twenty minutes ahead of the, like throwing switches, like down yeah. in US Westminster. I was talking to him. I yeah. said, hey, what are you doing? He says, "Oh, I'm just lining up." You know, really? oh, we're coming. Yeah, he says, "I'm lining up for," you know, they're going to be coming through here, at, you know, in fifteen minutes. So I'm not really sure how they operate down there. They've I got to do more research, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, the art though, you know, just the art like all the opportunities, like there's so many like just I mean, I mean, you know, right? You can go on to YouTube or blogs and 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 the modeling, like the quality of the modeling is off the charts, like everywhere. Like it's yeah. just you know it just i mean do you know how many people there are like modelers that, are, that don't even advertise on youtube or forums and they're like class a modelers like they're master modelers yeah. that, but they don't publish themselves
0: no <laughs> it and then,
2: then there's there.
1: and then you go back to one of Andy and mine's favorite people from the what was it be like the 80s Andy 90s late 70s early 80s bob ross i could sit and watch bob ross paint all day long and you know he makes it
2: look easy doesn't he he, doesn't he make it look like it's the simplest thing in the whole world you know
0: he sure does and it's it's funny because i i was just doing my my backdrops over here on on the one side behind me and i must have watched three four hours of of bob ross just to get into the technique and then i then I got off on this wild tangent where I'm studying the, you know, the comp, scene composition and and all this other stuff, and I'm learning about, you know, the different elements and uh, something like 19 or 13 or different elements in in scene composition, and all of a sudden I just went down this rabbit hole of of learning art, and that yeah, was right. that was it kind of opened my eyes up about what is it the Fibonacci spiral and and some of those other things that. Draw your eye in and the rule of thirds and all that good stuff, but it's just fascinating. Um, and uh, what when and and Ralph Ranzetti brings up a comment. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent track here, but um, Why, when don't we? <laughs> um, you know, is that is that photo painted or combo? And that is straight up hand painted, Ralph. So I am actually not going to be using photo backdrops on my model railroad anymore because, um, I personally feel like they take your eye right away from the model railroad, um, because of the high resolution and all that. It, it just, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like it's scaled right to the rest of the scene. So I think that's why I'm going to go and and learn how to paint. Um, and, and really, so I know a lot of people don't look at the backdrop and I, I want to make sure that, my eyes are on the trains so you bring yeah. up
2: a good point there andy about the backdrop because i know people have asked me about it yeah and uh just to clear the air <laughs> i'm not doing <laughs> no. my back, yeah i'm not doing my backdrop until the whole basic primary scenes are done yeah i want to view the whole layout complete because i don't want to force in a background and then build to it like you know what i mean like i want to get it all in Get it composed the yeah. way so that okay this checks out this checks out move this here and when it's all in basically the foreground primary structure then at the end I'll look at the backdrop and I can shape the mountain line because it's all mountains out here and oh, right. I can compose the mountain line in composition to all the structures all right, so that's why I like to do it last.
0: That's and that was one of the things that I had wrestled with myself, but I just I guess I've never tried it that way. Um, so I always I always from the back forward yeah yeah sure
2: yeah I mean it's different for everybody too right like everybody has their own kind of process you know like yeah right you know that's another beauty of you know of the human sentient like we all when we see something and how we manifest it is is unique to every individual because they see it in a different way right like it's you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and it's always subjective, right? <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> right. right. Maybe, maybe. You know, that, if you like that Lego a...
2: layouts, well, great, man. Lego, is, is... you know.
0: That's that's good, um, Boomer. I, 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 Mike, are you are you good on your on your little uh, project or your uh, 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 hashtag not sponsored? Oh yeah, I'm all yeah. well done, Boomer. Did you <laughs> want to bring up any? Uh, Products or anything that you're particularly excited about, or that you use exclusively, that you'd want to share with the audience this evening, or do we want to carry I just, on?
2: Uh, I, I just have what I have, and I'm just just good with it, you know. Like to me, a paint. <laughs> to me, a I mean? There you go, it's right? Like a broken record. Uh, let's see. Do I have any new? A guy was trying to sell me a new glue or something. But uh, oh no! Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I got a drawer, a drawer full of this, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I use this. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's not the cheapest, but the reason why I like it is because it's like water, and it, it capillaries into everything. So when you're building a model, sometimes you can only hold the part to the model. You just right. want to flood in a little cement behind it, and it, it just works for me, you know, but um, yeah, I I try to keep it simple now. Like, I just sure. this this paint, this thinner, this cement, and and uh, you know I got lots of the taco sauces. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, so we
2: go. okay, so here's my taco sauce. I'll show you right here. Here like, we go. You know, when I used oils, right there yep. it is. Ralph, oh, hey Ralph, check it out. Right. <laughs> this one for Ralph Windsor and Newton. Ralph, the best pigment in the world. These guys have been in the business of pigment for three hundred years. Wow. Windsor and That's Newton, awesome. three hundred years. Do they know their pigment? I think so.
0: <laughs> and you, anyway. and you just, and you make your own taco sauce out of that, right?
2: Yeah. Well, hey, you know who? Uh, you know where I learned that from? This guy no. right here, Francois Verlinden. Right? He's the guy. He's the guy that uh, took oil paints, Winsor Newton, and mixed them with Humbrels, and did the like. He went into fig, like he just did the whole wash thing. Like he was the guy that yeah. really made it. You know, made it known. Amongst modelers in the early 70s, right, was the oil wash. Right. image Shepard right. Payne. image Shepard on. Payne and, uh, you know, those guys. Like, a lot of the military modelers. Like, I know there's a lot of model railroaders that were military modelers as well. Or will yep. soon be model railroaders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once they see the light, right? <laughs> yep. You know what did it for me? You know why I left the military modeling and went went full like sold out to the model railroad uh, subbing genre was after I watched Saving Private Ryan. Really? Yeah. I couldn't build another military model again. I just, with my uncles and stuff being in Normandy and I, it, it didn't relate. Yeah, to me. When boys. I saw, Yeah. And then when I saw, you know, I built a lot of, you know, I loved it. I mean, Hey, look, it's a great hobby. It really is. I'm not trying to dump on it, but when I saw Saving Private Ryan, the whole, I just lost the passion for, sure. model. like I had this romantic view of, you know, military models and tanks and stuff. And I thought, man, this, this, there wasn't much romance around it for the real, you know, for the, the real men. Right. You know, that were there. Right. So model yeah. railroading had a more benign, natural kind of appeal. And it's, sure. and it's beyond that anyway, Right. Like the yeah. model railroad takes you like your skills. Way beyond that, like the scenery, and I mean, just track alone. You know, look what people are doing with uh, Proto 87 and Proto 48. I mean, well,
1: tracks, tracks a model too, right? Of course, yeah, exactly. yeah. you know, it
2: yeah. sure is. Anyway, well,
0: there it's... you go. I think, I think, uh, I, 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 the for for hashtag not sponsored tonight, I think we're going to put a pin in it, um, because I, I do want to <laughs> get to the next section. Uh, because Boomer sh- held up a, a plaque for it earlier, um, so we'll cue the cue the boot. There we are. We're gonna talk about. Oh boy, we're gonna <laughs> talk about our favorite new short line of the show here. So we'll kick yeah, off. Guess the band. what? Else? I got the old
2: original one too. Oh yeah, that was BC Hydro before it became this. <laughs> really? Yeah. First, yep. actually, first it was BC Electric. Interurban yeah. and then and then BC Hydro. These these locomotives here are still running full-time major workers on the uh, uh, SRY line now, like all the original equipment, right? And then it became uh, Southern British Columbia Railway and then it went into receivership and then SRY Dennis Washington bought it because I used to load his aircraft, uh, when I worked in the aviation industry, I like met him many times Oh wow! and, I uh, used to have free access. I used to go down to SRY, the shop's trap yard. And like, like I grew up around that railroad, right.
3: Like yeah. I
2: used to go down to the, but it was BC Hydro. They, uh, they serviced the, the major breweries there that was a few blocks from my place it was Molson's and, uh, Carding O'Keefe's and BC Hydro Rail went down to Kitsilino and serviced all the the major breweries and stuff down there, and oh, wow. uh, and they burned all the last remaining interurban cars down there too. Really? Yeah. yeah they, they, they were, they would, were so, uh, Yeah, they, they would push them down there with the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the S. Uh, uh, the SW nine hundred RSs would drag them down, and they called it the burn track. Right behind Molson's Brewery by Berard Inlet, and they'd light them on fire to get all the steel out of them. Right? And they just burn and they'd all the scrap wood. Scrap them, yeah, they scrap them. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. And so we used yep. to go down there as kids, man. We would ride them. We jump on the cars, like, and go up Arbutus. and we went home, and like that, like, like the whole culture. Like, I don't know if it's like what it's like in the states, but Canada's a little bit different. Like the sort of benign nature of the railroad. Like when we were like in the seventies was like everybody knew everybody, right? Like it was like sure. And uh I think even now there's not a lot of fencing up, you know, like around the railroads. You can sort of walk right up to them, you know. I
0: think it's and, a little different in the states. Yeah, I think um, the regulations
2: are a yeah. little heavier, right? Yeah.
0: Mike, well, you yeah. may have may have something to comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to a degree. To a degree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah so, they burn the
2: old trolleys. That's right. West Coast Vancouver is horrible for its railroad history. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we hung out down there, and uh, I'll tell you this quick funny story. Can I tell you a quick funny yeah, story about? Yeah, yeah So anyway, yeah. so so this <laughs> let's do it. So this friend, yeah. this friend that I have worked for uh, uh, BC Hydro Rail. This uh, friend that I have now, like he's in his seventies now. He's retired. He worked for the yeah. township, so I knew him. I used to, knew him out here, too. And He worked for, uh, well, a few railroads. He worked for BC Hydro Rail and CP uh, before he retired. But down at Burrard Inlet, where the Y was, where the SRY, or formerly BC Hydro Rail, would, would end, and that's where the burn track was behind Molson's there, there was an old swing bridge that went across the inlet, right? Yeah. And, and so they used it as a lead like they go out on the bridge and they push cars out there. Like it was supposed to go to Vancouver because uh, there was an argument. There was a big political battle with CPR and BC hydro. That's another story, but they would push these cars out onto the bridge like box cars because they had to do a runaround. So anyway, (laughs) so this friend of mine, I wonder if he's even watching, but it's land, right? So he worked for, for the uh, crew down there, and he said they had these little, like they're called torpedoes. You might know about these, Mike. You remember? I don't know, maybe it was before your time, but they're this little torpedo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they put them on the track, right? So when the car runs over them, they pop like a shotgun shell. So the guy would know if they reached that point. Because they never had radios back then, right? Did they, Mike? Early 70s, yeah.
1: Early 70s, they were just starting to be, they had them. But most crews right. don't like using them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. So the conductor <laughs> didn't have a radio though, I don't think, did he or what? Like in the early seventies, I don't think so.
1: I, I I don't remember. I think there might have been one on the crew or something right. like that. They weren't very abundant at yeah. that point.
2: Anyway, so so Lynn says that that they you know, like they put the torpedo on the track just before the bridge, right? Like there's a swing bridge that like it opens so boats can go through. Like right. Said, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway, so he puts the torpedo on the track, so they're pushing this long string of boxcars. But I guess when the car was, you know, like, coming along the wheel, there was some, I don't know, water on the tracks, but it it didn't pop the the torpedo. So he didn't know he kept pushing the car, and he pushed two boxcars right into the inlet. (laughs) The bridge was swinging open, right? And the two cars went in. Right, and they they finally figured it out, right? Because they could feel it or whatever. Yeah, and he said that oh, the guy was a rookie or something. They blamed it on him or something. And (laughs) and, uh, yeah, it's it's just like the stories he told me. Oh, and one more quick one: when they were down in Vancouver, they were running a, um, it was a little subcontractor, something. Anyway, the train got away and it went off one of the end of the Spurs and went right across a boulevard down the street. And he said that like right off the track. And he said that to get it back, they just drove it on the concrete. They just drove it back <laughs> through the troughs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They drove it backwards right back to the spur and then re-railed it. It's like the stories that he would tell me were just, you know, hilarious. Oh my gosh. Right?
1: I remember I remember, ca- I remember a Canadian National in uh they did it they did something like that on purpose in the winter of hmm. well, was that the was it the winter of 92 or something along those lines where they were like over in Quebec or something like, or, or Toronto where they power was out and they had to use, they used a locomotive and right. they just, they physically yeah. walked the locomotive right down the oh, middle yeah. of a road, the street. down yeah. the street. And there's pictures yeah. of it and videos of it. And they just hooked the locomotive up to like the, the, the city <laughs> the hall, power building or stuff, the power grid yeah. and just use that, yeah. you know, it was, uh, <laughs> That's yeah, that's not unheard that of. Oh, yeah. I've 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 re cars that way once or twice <laughs> in my career. <laughs> not, that well, anybody, sure. not that anybody, not that anybody would know about that. I yeah, tell you what, if you go over if you go over snow enough time, if you go over the same <laughs> spot of snow enough times, it turns to ice. It gets hard as yeah. it'll get hard as steel.
0: <laughs> mm. So but, that's. That's a I think that's a fantastic intro, Mike, to the to the short line of the show segment this week. So what is it gonna be?
1: It is the S R Y. Okay. Listen, wait, wait, oh oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, let oh, me uh,
0: let me do the bumper for do, all the do fans. Do the bumper here. Do the bumper. I'm gonna All right, thank you, Greasy Meat Hands Band. Welcome back to the second section podcast. So, Boomers got up to go grab wow. a few, <laughs> few materials here, and uh tonight our our short line of the show is is a special one, right, Mike?
1: Yes. It okay. Listen. All right. I know you guys are going to listen. <laughs> All right. I know what's coming. All right. (laughs) Let's, I'm not going to even throw any, make any excuses, nothing. Uh, We're doing the SRY. We're not doing Iowa traction. I promise you the next show, it will be Iowa traction. We're doing the SRY because Boomer models the SRY. So we're doing that. So that way we can do all this. So you know what I would, I understand. You know how to get a hold of me. Everybody in the chat knows how to get a hold of me. I know my phone's going to start blowing up here pretty soon. <laughs> it's no, just, it's all good. <laughs> I I apologize. I know this is a second show in a row. <laughs> Hi, Dusty.
0: I know it's a second show in a row, but there you go, Split Rock.
1: Yeah. What? What? What?
0: Why would he say? He said, "Put the cat back on camera." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's more interesting. All
1: right. I, I gotta figure this out. I gotta. I don't have a share tab down. Is here. there
0: a present? Try the there, present one.
1: There is. I'm yeah, they changed names. I oh, see gosh. that. Yeah. All right, let's let's go here and here, and then we're doing that. Southern Railway of British Columbia. Can you all see that? Can oh, you see okay. That?
2: It's gonna be fun.
1: Oh yeah, you know a little something about it. You ever hear of it, there, Boomer? <laughs> <laughs> so, like Boomer was saying, this railroad has actually got a very storied history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an electric railroad. Then it was, uh, then it was uh, BC uh, British Hydro. Columbia uh, BC Hydro, yeah, and, and then it was the British Columbia or Southern Railway of British Columbia, and now it's part of. Washington Corp, which yeah. is SRY Rail Link, um, which is for those that may not know, they are the same company that own uh, or used to own Montana Rail Link and then also uh I M Rail Link back in the day. Really? Um yeah, I M Rail Link at one point was a uh, Washington Corp uh uh withholding, yeah, or holding, I should say. But uh, it's a it's a really interesting railroad. It's about 130 miles long, ish. Well, it's about what is it? Yeah, think yeah about 130 miles, right? Bummer, something like that. Yeah,
2: or, yeah, it's about a yeah like total trackage. Uh,
1: yeah, it runs and,
2: yeah it runs from uh, basically New West to Chilliwack. Hmm, it's about 100 it's, miles
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find the map. I had a map pulled up. Yeah, here. that's
2: it. There, yeah yeah
1: right, right here
0: that mike bring it a-
1: yeah of course Whoa. yeah whatever I'm not going to redirect to nothing so it's uh let's see but the line that goes
2: it. into Vancouver's not gone now though like there's a line on there that this goes to trap yard doesn't go into vancouver city anymore
0: no
1: yeah it's a uh,
2: that it, it's, orange part that you see there Let's see if I can oh, that's find a, different. Wow, you found all those maps. That's good.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you just put an S-R- SRY rail link map. And then go to <laughs> so maps,
2: yeah. Because I'm looking at my map here on the uh, – like, they're different on these two sure. brochures I have. What anyway, it it used on? to connect with, hey, look at this here. Like, here's a pick for you. Whoa. Hold 381. This is, the, this is the only – this is the last and only SD38 non-turbocharged AC operating in Canada. Wow, wow. And it's now in the livery. It's in the new livery of SRY, right? This is yeah. uh, 1972, I believe, or somewhere around there. It's still like all been rebuilt, restored, still running strong.
0: Yeah. So, so Boomer... That one you had just up recently on your YouTube channel, didn't you? On a model yeah. of it, correct?
2: 381, yeah, that's the first yeah. one I modeled for the for the layout, yeah. It was, nice. sort, of a, it was sort of a dog's breakfast kit bash, <laughs> 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 you know. I had a, like, I had a, like, it's a GP38 long hood with a Canon cab and a Kato yeah. drive, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know, you know, it's just yeah, I just took everything I had in a box when I when I got back into the hobby, I built that after I got out of school. I didn't have any train stuff. I was yeah. flat. Yeah, I was flat, empty of train stuff, except a box or two. Yeah.
0: So West West Coast Rails has said the new livery is called the Meatball Scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah the was, Meatball yep. Scheme.
2: Yeah. Yep, He's the Meatball right. Scheme. Yeah. Yep, it's, yeah. got yeah. <laughs> it's got a big
1: red yeah. dot on I the mean, side.
0: It's got a
2: big red dot on the side. Yeah. I'll
1: show you. I'll show you here. Uh, okay. let's, you so know, you know, re- I'll reach up, there. <laughs>
2: you here, if, you look,
1: if you look, if you look, let's see here. This is their. This is the yeah. SRY website, yep. which is pretty, pretty informative website. Wow. Um, yeah, actually, very yeah. wow. Very um, he's a really, really
2: interesting guy. Like, if you Google uh, Dennis Washington, like even on YouTube, right? Like uh, you yeah. might find like the Fortune, or what's uh, I can't remember the name of it now. But you'd find it if you're savvy and you know oh. how to keyword search. you and, you'll, and uh, they have an interview of him on his yacht. He's a really neat guy, actually. He's he's an American fellow, right?
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He owns Mike, Montana.
1: Yeah. He owned Montana Rail Link. Mike, yeah, what it?
2: Actually, uh, he owns a few railroads. He owns Montana railing, or uh, he might have sold, uh, he had another one, a, a coal hauling uh, short line too down there. I can't remember what it was, but because when I used to um work in the aviation industry, when he came in there, he was one of our clients when I worked at an FBO when I used to drive jet fuel for ESSO way back. And uh, I met him, and uh, he used to come in there and I used to load stuff on his on his aircraft, like he had uh you know mm. you know the big business jets and stuff like that and his pilots gave me all the brochures right of his yeah. railroad and his whole portfolio oh cool so yeah he's quite a quite a guy so here's so here's the, here's the S- a, sr yeah yes. on your map
0: up there in the upper right hand corner there's that box click on that, that oh, little yes. box to yeah, give yeah, her, yeah. give her the full screen effect here
1: okay so here's the map of the sry this uh this is the CP right here. So yeah. and then you have the CN right through here, which if I remember right, which this was, is
2: which the old bridge rail was yeah.
1: BC Rail. Yeah. Um, and then there is uh SVI, which is over here. I'm not sure what that is.
2: Oh, that's South Vancouver Island. Oh, okay. There yep. we go.
1: Yeah, that would be <laughs> it. He owns
2: that too. <laughs> Like that's the, the whole island. <laughs> that's oh the old wow! E N railway. That's the old E N railway, and it was through the barge slip that they accessed that railway. Like that's the oh connection. wow! That's the interchange. The barge slip that I modeled on section one on River Road is the interchange, Marine Port to the Island uh, Railroad.
1: Is that the one that it's, it's at Anasis or yeah. or whatever Anasis it is. Island Anasis, Anasis Island
2: yeah yeah. He also so, yeah C-SPAN, like every barge, every ferry, like uh, he owns the whole, like he, he's pretty much got a monopoly on, on the whole coastal rail industry, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, it's a really neat little railroad if you, if you, and they have a lot of really old, they, they ran GMD ones at one time,
3: mm-hmm. which,
1: which. Really? Yeah, which which yeah. was a question that I which I was question I had for you but a Boomer is is why have we not seen a GMD one yet on, <laughs> on the layout? But uh, oh, no, hold that's... on
2: here yeah okay uh I'm just looking so... at the roster here. Oh yeah, GMD one, yeah, okay. They still have it. It's
0: probably so... on the burn track. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah,
1: but but the, the the railroad as a whole it's the one thing that's really interesting is, is for a, for a little railroad, they do. From what I read, they do a rather, I wouldn't say extravagantly large amount, but they do quite a bit of auto rack. Um, yeah, uh, auto auto rack they, stuff. Yeah,
2: they basically have the the whole auto rack he has it in his pocket that uh, uh, washington like all like anacis island is the hub of all automobile in, industry like export import like on the west coast right
3: yeah
2: yeah and, uh, it, it, Anasis island is the major hub and yeah there that that's one of their main industries is the uh auto rack yeah. and there's
1: there's videos on youtube it has a rather a rather neat <laughs> Uh, YouTube presence this I I just watched this this one uh it's a 17 minute video and I just watched that one and the thing that I found was really neat is the fact that it almost seems like these are manually operated semaphores for a diamond yeah that's that that, that, they cross the CP yeah,
2: yeah that's still there actually that's you know still functional apparently
1: it, do they still manually operate
2: them uh i believe so yeah.
1: wow yeah. that's that's yeah, incredible
2: that is still there yeah
0: there's a and, couple other cool videos there i see there's
1: oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's a there's a very cool video
3: Boomer, What's real... Dining, Yeah, nah, that guy, that guy. Who,
1: who, whoever yeah <laughs> that guy i tell you but <laughs> the thing is is it's the you see gp9s a pair of gp9s Pulling yeah. auto racks. You don't see that in today's railroads. Um, like not around here, not around most of the United States. You won't see that. They really um,
2: love their jeeps, boy. Like around I, here. And and also, like I'll tell you why. Because I've, well, I mean, I've, you know, I- interacted with the crews and that quite a bit. And I've been connected to them over the years. I was talking to them one time out here when they were switching out the uh, Milner Grain Elevator. And they had... 381 and 384 i think that the six axles and he says they don't like using the six axles out here much because they uh you know they wear out the turnouts right they're hard on yeah. the turnouts right the the longer trucks and the jeeps are ideal for the short line you know little sp- short spurs out like all over the place out here right so because they so- traverse the turnouts easier yeah, it's so less wear and tear, d- but anyway.
0: So, what drew you to to model this prototype, then, Boomer? What What was the big What was the big draw? I mean, this is a, like an obscure model railroad to pick. Um, what What was the it's big not obscure record. out here? No, I guess not, right? Yeah, you see it every day.
2: <clears throat> well, I mean, it's very unique railroad, right? When you think of it, I mean, look at the history of it. Like, I grew up right like blocks away from it. Yeah, and played, and played down there as a kid you know, when they were in that yellow, you know, and red livery with the quasar, the hydro quasar. Yeah. So it was just burned into me. I was just like a fascinating, you know, I, I just love those things. I'd, I'd hear them like, you know, blowing the horn at night right. during the day. It was just, you know, the railroad that, you know, was in the neighborhood kind of thing. And then just, I was always like later on, I got in my toys it's hard to photograph it. Right. And yeah. I have a huge collection of photographs from, like even friends, like like you know, that worked for the railroad gave, gave me photos of stuff. And sure. So I have a big collection of you know the old negative, uh, just so much material. And then I used to go down when I worked in the aviation industry for a while. I, I used to go down there, and they gave me total access to the shops down there. I've been on like a lot of the units. I got yeah unbelievable like data and photos of the in inside, and so I can model them to you know to my heart's content right because i have all the source. i mean there's was-
1: there's a there's a lash up for you andy
2: yeah uh,
0: what, what do we got here
1: that's a gp9 gmd1 gp9
0: <laughs> so so the the question there's a there's an interesting question that kind of comes back from otter creek and rio Grande it says why not model the 70s when, when you grew up why what what's the what's the draw to today
2: yeah, it's funny, you know. I what you know, I was wondering if that question would come up. Because there's, you know, one of your model steam. I've had that too, right? Okay, sure. so okay, so I model what's you know, what's you know, what's relevant to me now. Like that's like yeah. that's where my passion is at. Like yeah. I can't really I mean in the seventies I wasn't I, I was chasing other things but trains, right? Even though right, I like right, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Even though I like trains, <laughs> right? You know, I always like trains, but After being exposed, like after the transition from uh, when it went from Southern British Columbia Rail, where they had this sort of uh, red and white, there was a short period where they had a livery between the the uh, Lionhead logo, Washington Corp, and the Meatball. There's another uh, paint scheme. I don't know if you can find it, Mike, but that's when I started to really focus back in on the railroad again, right? And then when Dennis Washington bought it out, and I started to get access down at the shops. I just got pulled right into it, man. Like the whole culture around the short line and the people that worked for it. And just, I don't know, it was just, you know, something about it. And, uh, I just started collecting stuff, you know? And, yeah. um,
0: so you have a, 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 tremendous connection to this railroad, not just I from do, a, yeah. there's a person, there's truly a personal aspect to this.
2: Yeah, there is, you know, and, uh. Of course, you know, like when COVID happened, that was it. The doors were closed. They weren't let. Okay, there it is there. Like Mike's got it now. Yeah, that livery sure. there was cool. That was when it was between uh, the old livery, like BC Hydro, it went to Southern British Columbia Railway. Like that's yeah. what SRY stands for, right? SRY, right. the acronym, means Southern British Columbia Railway. So he kept that. Dennis Washington kept that. Uh, yeah. they had a funny hockey stick kind of, you know, kind of like what BC Rail had. Almost it looks it, like a it.
1: almost like a banner, like the white and the red yeah. that creates a banner yeah. that wraps yeah. around the engine a little yeah. bit.
2: That's cool. I it's
0: did a, a model like that for a guy once too, a,
2: a uh SD38. I did that paint scheme for really a client client. Yeah, I kind oh, of miss it actually. I really liked it, but okay. So see that one there that okay. Oh, uh, Sorry, go back uh, yep. that one there. Okay, so look at the logo on the side. See the Washington logo with the lion head? Yes. Yep. Okay, so if you can find a more better view of that.
0: Can you zoom there's... in Mike at all?
1: Oh, there's, there's a, there's a, let me, uh, there's oh, other engines though. No, there's other engines with, uh, the lion head on it that I can get. Let me get...
2: <laughs> Cause huh? you're going to find something. If, uh, if uh, you research like, uh, pulp mills and logging camps up the coast of Western Canada, you will see that little lion head logo, not the W part but that little lion logo on locomotives, right? Huh. Like just right the little there. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that goes way back further than you know. So he must Dennis Washington must have had his uh, his hand in way before he bought S or Y with the poles and stuff.
1: Original or when he had the Montana Rail Link, they did not. Ha- they just had the two lines. And then after a while, right. they added the Lionhead.
2: Yeah. So
3: And, and
1: C-SPAN,
2: yeah. too, has it. Like the C-SPAN, if you look on the C-SPAN tugs out on the coast, if you Google C-SPAN tugs uh, and all the older ferries, like the rail ferries, they all have that same logo on them, the Lionhead.
0: Wow.
2: He owns them, too, but they're just different companies, right? Wow. That's yeah. why he can operate, right? Like, that's why he can operate. Like, they're the cleanest. Like, when you see these locomotives, right, like, live, like, it's like, man, how do they maintain these things? They look beautiful. Right. Like, I got this video, like, I'm going to upload this video with the SD35 that they just got from Montana Rail Link. Hmm. The thing has just, just been restored. It is, like, it's it's just beautiful looking, right? And I got a yeah. really good video of it last week. I was so lucky. And it was MU'd with uh, one of the SD38s and they really take care of their equipment, right? That's one thing I like about them.
0: Yeah. I mean, not much in the way of weathering then for the, for some of the locomotives and and other equipment, if they take care of it so, so nicely. Only prior
2: to to a repaint. Can you really, like, that's why I haven't really, I mean, I need to, I have other ones that I'm going to build that I want to spend more time on. I sort of, Rush the ones I have now a little bit, but sure. Um, I don't want to over weather them because when you look at them, like they're clean, like they really right. keep them clean, right? <clears throat> so, that's... Boomer, is this is this the is this the barge slip that you modeled? No, that's the connector in the Nymo. That's the other end. Like that's to the Svi. Okay. That's to okay. the Svi. Yeah. And all ours right. they have left now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, you you uh, SRY experts, but I think they just deal with propane over there now.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's quite a few quite a few tank cars going on or coming off of the barge here. Yeah. Wow. Um yeah. And so, then, so yeah. I, I suppose these are all just old hot cars that are being used as idlers then for
2: yeah. Idler cars. And yep. um yeah there's a story behind that too. Like some people say oh yeah they you know they use those idler cars so that they don't drive the locomotives onto the uh, barge ramp or the ferry but that's not really true uh, there are other reasons for that uh, other than just um that purpose you know so there's a um, different reasons for why they use the idler cars it's not just because of weight restriction but that, but that particular port there connects with the one that I modeled on section 1 like that's why I did that because yeah because the reason why I did that because I didn't have a lot of space, so I thought, how can I create more options for staging and for other traffic, right? Sure. Well, what, well, what better reason than to build a uh, like a barge slip, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, now you can. I mean, I could run ENN RDCs on my layout, and it would make sense because they came over from the ENN on the island, which is owned by SRY, right? Um, I can run uh, early, late propane cars, um grain cars, right? You can bring them onto yeah. the layout basically and then run them down the other end and then have them disappear off a yard staging or whatever. That's one of the reasons why I did that. That you know having that ability to add more diversity to your railroad and have it still be plausible.
0: Right. That's cool. <laughs> This this is a fascinating little railroad, Mike.
2: It is a really really it
1: and you know what I think okay, is so interesting? Okay, so those
2: locomotives right there, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so those there's there's I think they still have six of those. Okay, or five, and those are SW900 RSs from yep. 1970. They're the same ones still running. Oh man. With flexicoil trucks. Flexicoil road trucks, yeah. Yep.
1: At full length, full length, the full length handrails. There, there's were a lot of. They
2: came with that, Mike. They originally had flexi-coil trucks. Which is really they'd...
1: weird, which wow. is really weird for this style of locomotive because a lot of them had the uh, hand grab at the very top and then just a real short one right on the ends. Yeah. And then no prote- no, no, basically fall protection or handrail protection on the sides. Yeah, this is the thing that's really cool about this railroad is the fact that it, it really lends itself to being able to be modeled in any scale. There's because yeah. of the equipment that they run. Every scale's got GP nines. Every scale's got SW twelve hundreds, which can be made into these because they're the same wheelbase, same basic door configuration to a degree. But louvers can be just changed in and out. But and then the exhaust stack, you just take one off and boom, you're there. I yeah. mean, it, it there's so many different things that you can do. In any go from n scale to even I could do it in s, I'm not I'm, oh. I, no, no, I'm not changing again, guys. Okay, okay, I'm so Rapido
2: saying. had uh, uh, I gotta throw this in because Rapido released these undecorated sw1200s, remember those? Yeah, yep, right, okay. So yeah. if you go back under videos where I did a review, I was just stoked, man, like, this. yeah, I was off because I was, was wanting to get sw1200s for. For 20 30 years, like I have some proto ones, right? But when right. they released, yeah, so when they released their undecks and I saw them and I ordered one, I couldn't believe my eyes when I opened the box. It there's, there's nine long hoods in it in the kit with yeah, six, six cabs and 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 like 20 sheets of photo etch. And I couldn't believe it, so I ordered another one, right? So oh, I, wow. it's only, oh, yeah, because you know how it is in this hobby, right? Like you, you gotta buy. buy it, If you don't grab it, somebody else will and you'll never get it again. That's true. Yeah. So so you know what I did. So I so uh so I bought two of them, right? And then like I already had the video, the review in the can, but I didn't want to release it because I wanted to get one more, but he had a few more left, right? Oh yeah, so I posted the review and the guy called me, he called me up, the guy from Otter Valley, and he said, I just sold like you know 70 of my switchers, man. But they bought up the Undex. And then then he told me that Rapido told him that they'll never release those ever again. You'll never get oh. those. Yeah. Like, uh, you won't get those deluxe kits like that. Like, I yeah. couldn't believe yeah. it. Right? So here I am with these Proto. Like, the Protos are pretty good, too, but they're not as nice. So here I am with the Proto. Plus, they came with two sets of trucks, Mike, in each one. Oh, yeah. They're both yeah. Like styles. In the kit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here I am with these uh, uh, proto older units, which are still pretty good. If you're a kit basher, you can make them into a fine like model, right? Right. Yeah. So now I have all the extra photo etch and uh, GAC and details I need because they come where you can build up nine different switches in each kit.
0: Right. Man. Do you yeah. know?
1: Do you happen to know, Boomer, what the history on? the – I know these were Southern Railway of British Columbia, or were these originally BC Hydro cabooses? Okay, so those
2: cabooses, I don't know a lot about those yet, but I've had my eyes on them lately because I'm going to have to probably scratch build like the cabooses because they still use them. You know that they still. Use oh the yeah, cabooses. they yeah. look
1: very much like an like a New England East Coast type of uh, what uh, railroad. No, they're custom like, built. Oh they, well, yeah, they're they, yeah. they are, but they look very. The yeah. cupola looks very similar to yeah, to an right. East Coast type cupola yeah. to it.
2: I think they were originally BNSF like chassis. I think that's where they got them when there was a big, when they had the merger, right? There's BN, BNSF, because they have a relationship with BNSF, right? Right. Yep. I mean, they have a good relationship with all the railroads, but they have a real, because in New West, there's a connector there. There's BNSF, CN, CP, and there's a big BNSF uh, terminal down, like up here in Canada, New West, that they interchange with all the time, right? So uh, I think that's where they would have got those originally way back when it was when it was BN, like Burlington Northern. But uh, I'd like to find out more information. I'd like to find... There's a guy doing a resin, like a 3D of that. I was looking on a forum the other day of that caboose. Oh, wow. That'd yeah. be kind of interesting. Yeah. Because I got all the decals, the meatball and all that stuff, so...
0: I just can't get over You guys call it the meatball.
2: (laughs) Well, look at how they, hey, you you know what? You'll always see these like an MU'd like Jeep nine, SW900 pulling one boxcar. You notice that? I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, so I was talking to one of the rail workers there just a little while back and he was giving me all this information, right? And he was saying, oh yeah. He says, we don't fall under federal regulations. I said, what do you mean? He says, we charge whatever we want.
3: Oh, they don't really.
2: Yep. They don't fall like SRY does not fall under the, uh, federal tariff regulations in Canada for rail services. They charge whatever they want. Right. And, um, they have a big contract with, uh, plastics industry out here in Langley. Like there's, there, there's several. Plus I found another industry that I threw in as a bonus on this video. I'm going to, I'm going to publish right after this. You got to check it out. And I, pretty much covered the whole switch of uh, IPEX plastics. So they move a lot of plastic pellets out here in the Valley. Wow. Yeah. Plastics well, industry is bigger than you realize.
1: Now there's a, there's an engine you're going to have to do there, Boomer. The gray.
2: What is this? Yeah.
1: I, it, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I've seen this. I saw this combination of units that they've been kind of married together on several different photos and it's, I
2: think that's I don't know. Is that a Jeep seven? Because I know they have a Jeep seven.
1: No, that's a nine. Oh, it is a nine, yeah. It is a nine, but it looks like it's one of the CP, like one of the former CP rebuilds. But the the, bell is the bell is missing, and it looks like it was a remote at one time. I wonder if this Mm -hmm. is not one of those slug units that they've like they have. Because I know they have several slugs, right?
2: Yeah, notice the ones with the air tanks on the long hood, and then there's a dynamic brake there too. Yeah, that's on the island. That one, that's near the island terminal. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
1: So, Hmm. so that's that is the SRY short line of the show. (laughs) Andy, any any questions? Any comments? (coughs) Any anybody still with us
0: <laughs> so we we have many people still with us uh, and Good. it's been it's been it's been a, just a, a really really cool um short line of the show this week because boomer adding the the local and color commentary really really helps uh with and then going the,
1: through the pictures like that i kind of yeah, thought well oh, i us
2: just let yeah, boomer talk
1: and yeah. i'll just do the i'll just do the pictures oh yeah no mike you clickety need click, click.
2: <laughs> Thanks. So it, it's a really. It, it, I think it, Andy was right about those GMD ones or whatever. I think they're history. Yeah, yeah. The GMD ones. I think they're they were fail. I think.
3: Yeah, but that's anyway. my favorite. That's my
2: favorite engine from Canada. So yep. we
0: Go ahead, Boomer.
2: No, no, it's okay. Yeah, just having fun.
0: Yeah, that's and that's <laughs> we are we are. So we got. Oh, we hey! Listen, I want
2: to show you something quick. okay yeah. So uh no sponsor (laughs) here we go oh prizer somebody asked me a while ago it was a good question i wanted to uh, just quickly address how come you don't put figures in your like on your layout yeah you know like where's the figurines right yeah and okay so that's a (laughs) that's a touchy (laughs) subject right but you know i have never like an h.o like always, a different story and maybe s's too, but I've never found any that have really impressed me. And I always felt that if you can avoid putting figures on your layout, then why not? If they don't add up, like if they don't work for you, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I've never been able to find, like, I know some of my locomotives, like I usually take them all out. And the reason why I took them out, like people say it all the time, Hey man, where's the engineer? I like, I pull them out and toss them because I can't stand them. They look, terrible right like i just you know the shiny guy with the you know the pink shirt and you know <laughs> whatever right like they just don't the, look the unrealistic they, pose yeah the unrealistic yeah, they don't pose. look right they look just you know toy like or something but anyway so i found these in the back storage room of a hobby shop the other day yeah okay they're from germany and these sculpts are really nice like for ho and so basically yeah. you can modify these, right? You can yeah. modify them with copper wire. You can cut the arms, glue the wire in, <clears throat> move the arm, putty it in a bit. And they're really nice, uh, sharp scalps.
3: Yeah.
2: Now, having said that, there is a, a 3D print company. I think it's in the UK that are coming out with North American rail workers that are just beautiful. Yeah. I don't know the name, but anyway.
0: We got, and mini prints too, they're right. They yeah. Mini prints. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. They're mini princes is, is some, I, I bought some of their stuff recently and the fidelity on the, on the printer. Nice, eh? Yeah. They're really good. The, oh, that's uh, great. They eat like the, the birds. I got, I got a, I got some real crew guys. I got some, uh, birds of prey, so like hawks, eagles, those types of things. They, the, the resolution on it. They have the you can get down to the feathers and, and, and see really? the, the different perforations in the feathers. And then
2: wow. Um NHL scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. it's, it's incredible. Surprising. They're they're really, they're really, really, really good stuff. Wow. Um, but yeah, i prizer, they've been around for a long time. I remember yeah, when I was have, growing yeah. up in the nineties and going through the Walther's catalog, and then they had some risque. You know figurines in there. I know some of them are, yeah. Yeah, But I'm going to
2: chop them up anyway because I got to look. I have a plan for these. I haven't. I'm working on another model. I haven't said anything about yet, but I'm probably going to use a few of them in there. But
0: yeah, so we we're through the short line, and there's a we we had a couple of show notes that we wanted a couple of topics that we wanted to talk about, and Mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about uh, you know the you know the. Can you imagine life without a camera, that type of stuff? Um, but the the personal psychology and and philosophy to help maintain passion, I think that was the, one of the things that we wanted to, to possibly discuss um, and possibly get some good question um, and, and uh, Q&A from the audience here. So I didn't know, uh, Boomer, if you wanted to essentially talk about uh, your, your, your thoughts there. On you know, couple of different ideas um, around the the whole psychology of things, or even maybe you know what's <clears throat> what's going on with you know how how do you stay passionate or motivated or engaged?
2: Yeah, those are great questions, aren't they? Because yeah. it's going to be because it's going to be different for for everybody. I mean, I, I, look, I've always loved miniatures. I I don't know what to say. I I just, since I was a kid, I just was almost obsessed with miniatures, right? And then when the scratch building bug hit, then I realized, wow, now I can make something that nobody else has. Yeah. You know, I can make my own unique model i mean you can still do that when you kit bash too right you can put the you know replace the horn like because every locomotive is different like there's something about that starting off just with the basic thing like that and then creating something you know that is unique right sure and it just sort of snowballs from there and the whole art thing like i like i can't help but look at you know the model, like like approach the model railroad as art because of the you know, the, the collective whole of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I'm all about the, you know, the whole thing, like, um, like the diorama philosophy really engenders a believable setting that tells a story. Right. Yeah. So you build that story element into your layout and then you just start unfolding it like a storyboard and it, it pulls you in. Like, it's kind of like, you know, for me, like if you're going to write a book about, the railroad that you want to build, like, how would you write the book? Like if you had like a 500 page novel that you wanted to write or a five or hundred page fiction, you know, how would you write it? Like, would you, you I mean, you have a beginning and then you have maybe you don't know what the ending is, but you tell a story and that's what keeps me in. Right. Like I'm infusing my, like my uh, youth and all my experiences around the SRY railroad into the river road now, like I'm like the freelance section. Yeah. Yeah. Like like that's where I'm at now in section two. Like I've already done the pro. Okay. I've done section one. I put a lot of emphasis on the prototype. Like the original footprint was 500 yards. So I squeezed it down. I think today I did a diagram on it um about the size because somebody had asked me uh how did you uh, I did a map of it uh because it was a really good question about um you know the actual size of the site you know where the where the barge slip is oh yeah here it is so the actual like on section one that I modeled the actual whole length of the site was 500 yards right wow but of that one big signature scene is was 500 yards by 100 yards, so you can see this. The how I shrunk it down, right? The actual yeah. size and HO scale would have been 17 feet by three and a half feet, but see how I co- compressed it to 10 by two. Oh, yeah, oh, right. So, what did I compress? Well, I compressed, I took out the middle warehouse and I brought the brewery into the scene. Yep. I compressed the big warehouse, which is now Amazon. I didn't compress the barge slip too much because that I could fit in. But there's, there's enough compression there to make it fit because I designed the whole layout, the footprint first. Like I wanted to know what space I had to tell my right. story, right? Like it seems backwards. Like hmm. some people would disagree with that in planning, but that's okay, right? But I knew that, like, when I built the maquette model of it, like over a year ago, I said, "Okay, I have a, t- a 10 by 12 room, and this is my footprint, and I want to design my bench underneath it, and I want to tell this story within 26 linear feet by two feet, and I want to do it about the SRY railroad, and I want to use four signature scenes." Yeah. But I can't get four in, but I'll get three in, right? Yep. And then I'm gonna, and then the freelancing will be my license of what i really want to do or break the rules or whatever sure put into it right to tell the story like to tell my story about the s or why you know that's my philosophy right you know so
0: that's 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 really interesting so you didn't you didn't just you went in with a a pretty developed plan before oh
2: yeah yeah i've been planning it for like, I planned River Road while I was building Glover Road. I was planning River Road. I never told anybody. I was planning it on the side.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and, you, you knew that you were you were going to evolve from Glover Road, um, which is a masterpiece on its own, to, to River Road.
2: Oh, yeah. I knew I was. Because Glover Road was this, like, I'll be honest. Like, Glover Road is a whimsical, you know, amalgamation of... You know, just almost like a smorgasbordy kind of, yeah. You know, just th- throw it out there, like, just throw it on, have fun with it, learn, get warmed up, get you know, develop some yeah. skills, get the feel of things, right? Get yeah. the creative juices going. Like, that's what it was. Like, if you look at it, I mean, come on. I mean, it is unique though. Like, Glover Road was fun and it came out, you know, it was sort of okay. The grain elevator was kind of pushed in and you know, like the road, okay. Glover road, but it didn't really, it wasn't a faithful representation of uh, a Milner or Glover road. Like I want to do on section three. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so the, the grain elevator, and you've talked a a bit about that in some of your videos, um, basically really getting a a good handle on the prototype and and the operation of it. Um, But I think, I think we had Paul, he was, he, uh, he wanted to know. So, what do you what do you have planned for section two in the middle?
2: Oh, okay, okay. So right now, like I've already shown everybody in the community now where the overpass is, right? And there's yeah, this exactly. mysterious There's this mysterious <laughs> spot, right? Like I'll be showing yeah. pretty soon. Yep. Right. But here's the thing with okay. So I'm in the middle of section two. So yep. I've done section one. I've done section one, and I feel that primarily that's done like i feel closure i really do i feel that that i can leave it now and i can come back and make other detailed passes cuz there's a lot i have to do yet on that one like yeah. barbed wire fence and chain link fence there's a lot of little gack stuff that i don't even want to touch right now and then when i went into the you know like the uh, old growth section like the cedar grove area there where big bend is where it turns past Axon steel. Now I have this parking lot there just before the overpass.
0: That's yeah. the area
2: right now that I'm working feverishly on like every day, but I'm not going to tell anybody yet because I don't. Okay. So I don't want to release everything too soon because it'll be boring.
0: Like, yeah. Right. Like who yeah. wants
2: to look at me gluing like little walls together and You know, I mean, some might, but I want to get some content together before I release what's going on there. And I'll tell you, like, I'll give you a clue. It's completely freelance in terms of location. That's awesome. It only goes back to the prototype after uh, uh, the overpass that goes to the end of Section 2. That's going to be IPEX Plastics, which I'm releasing the video after this, the prototype video. That's what's going to be there.
0: Okay. So yeah. let me ask you just one thing ab- about it before we, we move on to another question here. Did you use the same planning process essentially going through and, and thinking through the how you were going to place the structures relative to the track and the different types of components that you wanted to put into your scene like you did on section one? Or is this just, yeah. I, I sit down there and I look at it and yeah, this is what I'm going to do today type of thing. Are you more winging it on this one versus
2: the other one? Okay. So I am winging it in terms of structures. Okay. Now the track plan, like in section two, like section two is actually like, if I had had 20 feet, like 20 linear feet, right? Because that actual site would have been 17 feet. But if I had like, okay, so let's just say I had the whole 26 feet that I have, that's curved like a horseshoe and I stretched it out totally straight. I would have been able to model right underneath the Alex Fraser Bridge, like like prototypically, right? But what I did was, is I still took the prototypical track plan, which is three or four rails, like tracks, and I curved it and stretched it down section two. But I didn't want more warehouses. Like, I didn't want, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to stretch the prototypical footprint to 20 feet. I've already given one third of the layout to it. Okay, because I have three chapters that I want to do. So that section, what's happening there is, yeah, I am kind of winging it a little bit, but I do have a track plan that was already designed before I did any structures.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. That's right. I remember that. So this is I I really like this analogy that you're you're kind of likening your model railroad to is almost like telling a story in different chapters or, you know, writing a book. I think I think that's kind of an interesting a way to look at it um there was a, a, a question from i think ralph ranzetti and and chris bell what happened to glover road so is that is that gone okay so
2: no it's not actually glover road is hanging on the wall in the bedroom like a flap because uh ah. you'll notice with my bench work like with my bench work like if i pulled my bench work down like yeah. just like glover road like glover road was uh two inches deep right the frames yeah but nothing protrudes below it it's a true shelf layout like in design right so that means i can lay it down on a flat table and all the switches like the manual switch like everything works all the bus is tucked in like it's cut through the studs so river road is the same way nothing it's only i think river road is only uh yeah i think it was two and a half deep the uh, three-quarter studs, and it's the yeah. same way, right?
0: That's awesome.
2: So, so, so yeah. Anyway,
0: you'll be able to preserve, preserve it going, preserve it and and River Road going forward. Then,
2: well, it's not a disposable layout. Like like Glover Road wasn't disposable to me, and nor is River Road. Uh, there have been layouts in the past that were that I built. I sort of knew in the back of my mind that, yeah. and it and it, and it came true. I never finished a couple of my own personal builds uh, that were just way too optimistic, and I didn't have a good plan. And it started <laughs> out good, but then it started. Yeah, where's this going, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I I've, had no... I've got a couple.
1: Oh, I've yeah. got a couple of questions. I got a couple yeah. questions on about Glover Road too. Have you have you been at looking at River Road? And gone and said, okay, I'm having a little creative block. I'm going to go, I'm going to go rest on this for a little bit. And then you go into the the other room where Glover Road's at. And you're like, look at it and like, hey, wait a minute. I remember I did it like that. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. I can go back and do that on River Road. And that's, so do you, do you find that you could still draw inspiration
2: from Glover Road? while you're building River Road? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question too, Mike. Yeah, like I go back, right? Because it's a bit of a blur. Like the channel, like I'll be honest with you, like the content is a little bit of a blur sometimes to me because I'm so, like, I don't know. I guess I still have the energy for it. But, you know, it's a lot of work, right? Like it takes 20 hours to edit one, like one 10-minute video. Like it's, wow. hours post, <laughs> like it's 20 hours post-editing. Like that's just for a 10 minute video, right? So if I do wow. a, like a one hour tutorial, it's 30 hours editing. Right? Wow. But, but I'm really disciplined and structured though. That's just something I built in. Maybe it's a generational thing too. Like just that work kind of thing. Like this is where people say, well, you know, you're supposed to have fun. Believe me, I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Believe me, I am. Cause I know how to, right. But I also work very hard. And the rewards are big, right? But, you know, when it comes to, like, section two, the block that you mentioned, Mike, like, I am a little bit blocked at the overpass. But I have that section right before it that I'm working feverishly on. It might change six times, seven times, like, before I implement it. But I'm building the buildings, though. I know what I'm building. I've already drafted them. In fact, I'll probably be uploading a drafting uh, content piece on where I'm going with some stuff. But... I'm I'm going to build those models because I love to build, but whether they're going to go in the way I see now, I don't know yet. So is it
1: different? Here's the magic question. I know we're going to find out, (laughs) but is it different from the video you did about the positioning of the overpass where you were showing like how you could position the overpass right, yeah. with it, with that little, <laughs> and I know, and I know, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about with yeah, those yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. That, okay, okay. So the so
2: overpass is not going to move. Like it'll probably move East, like further down a little bit more. If it like, it's not going to move back towards like Cedar Grove, like by big Ben there. Like that's that Grove there. I just tended right. Cedar, to Cedar Grove. Right. Right. Cause there's a parking lot in there and, I'm going from rural to urban, yeah, right? And then back to rural. So the middle of section two is going to have a more of an urban feel, like New Westminster, the architecture, right? Like, like I can't leave New West out. Like, I got to put something in there, right? I got to put something in there. So I went on a photo op, right? And I went down in the dregs, the back, like, I should have packed a gun, but anyway, <laughs> I went down. at really, right? You go down there by the tracks, like like down in New West in those back alleys. A little gariness, seedy, right? Get it gets a little hairy back there. Back. <laughs> it's like you know, I had my van with the keys in it, still running, right? But <laughs> banging off. Like there's an old Woodward's down. There's buildings down there that are just the character. the ooze character, and they're right by the tracks. Yeah. So the overpass and the tracks and what I'm building works tentatively. Like it does work. Like it is prototypically influenced, but I'm going to use artistic license to make it all work in that area. So it's going to be, you know, like another signature scene. Cause section one is really a, a couple of signature scenes, but based on one big prototypical footprint, but section two is going to be more, a little more whimsical kind of transition from, the forested scene just before the overpass and then on the other side of the overpass, that's a chapter break. That's going to be IPEX plastics. I'm pretty settled on that.
1: And that's going to be more back towards the prototype stuff.
2: Yeah. Back towards prototype. And then section three will be, be, you know, my first love, which is uh, the Milner grain elevator Glover road. Right. That's like, that has to be redone. Like that bin, like there's three more bins that I have to build, like that, like I really want to devote that last section, and then beyond that, I have more space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm right? just looking at
1: I'm just looking at a question that pulls five hundred right? Push. It's got to yeah. be there,
2: <laughs> 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 right? And then the fairy, like I'll be going back to section one because remember the you know the carrier princess. Look at Google carrier princess, you'll find SRY pics. Google oh, man, carrier boy. princess, right? I'm building the carrier princess. The first, like a facade, like a offloading, right? Because I can't build the whole ferry. It'll go out the bedroom door. But um, I'm going to build the first part for the staging for the removal staging. But I'm oh, doing wow. that that ferry, the front of it, I've, out of oh, quarter I... inch plywood and evergreen plastic. So
0: amazing! I I've always wanted to build it like an an ore boat, like an one of those ore freighters, but I, I don't have a airplane hangar to do it and it's, it's just be a massive right. undertaking oh man i can't hey, is, uh yeah
1: andy andy yeah asking you if we shall <laughs> there you go
2: so does that answer paul's question <laughs> yeah how do you
0: stay motivated yeah there's oh, the carrier
1: there's the carrier princess right there
2: yeah oh. okay so that that's its TP that, library yeah like that's going to be part of uh, river row that's a significant part that i have plans for it i have to draft first though but i have all my photo reference now and i'm going to draft like see where the halfway the like i'm going to be modeling the first third of it and it's going to pull up to the barge slip and then i'll have cassette that'll come out of it like out the back also
1: this portion right here where the wings are would be a cassette
2: Yeah, like, I'm going to model, like, uh, just look at the halfway point of that ferry and then go about another halfway, about 30% of the front I'm going to model, which will hold three or four cars, like, on each track, right? Oh, nice. Mm. And that way I can pull that up, and then I'm going to design in a slider that comes out on the bottom of the layout, because it's only two inches deep, so it'll work for me, and it's solidly built, very solid, and it'll slide out and support the rear part of the ferry, so it'll it'll just slide right up to the slip. And then I have the three way that's functional on the ramp. So I'll be able to use that or go in from the three tracks that are on the slip, you see, and those are all the, you know, the cars, box cars, grain, probably fuels. So that's a whole nother dimension, right?
3: Yeah.
2: To the layout.
1: It's a good way to introduce staging to a layout if you wanted to.
0: So, Late night model railroad comes in and says, how many uh, rail cars deep can you
2: stage then? Well, if they're 50 footers, probably four on each track. So that's wow. 12, 12 in total, but it's a short line. Like, yeah. you know, you see them whipping down the track with a, a Jeep nine and two SW900s and one box car. They're taken to a customer. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> like an express load or something, you know, they, like they do it all the time. Like the MU with one car all the time on this railway. So who says you can't switch with six axles, right? Or three MU locomotives, two box cars. It's a shelf layout. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. That's and and if you if you need any uh, um, prototypical reference, I uh, where where I live here in Wisconsin, um, the the local regional railroad, the Wisconsin Southern. Uh, was switching out a plastics plant with two sd sixties. Yeah you there know. you go. So so yes it's it is possible they can they bring the bring the big brutes into they to do it all the time and and it. you know we me all the time and then there's me
1: I've got and there's me I've got to drag 40 flipping loaded barley cars up a hill with one GP9. Yeah
2: yeah, SRY no, doesn't they, do that, man. They don't mess around. They don't mess. They, <laughs> no, no, they don't. Like, they'll run three, like, uh, the sw SW900s, like, or two with the Jeep 9, or they'll run two, uh, SD38s. Like, the other day when I caught the uh, plastic switch, it was uh, SD38 and their new re- refurbished SD35. Yeah, turbocharged too. I think the SD35 is church. I'm pretty sure I could hear it. It was, yeah, tiny, SD35 well, should be should be oh, a terminal, yeah. which is again,
1: the, which is a departure the because... audio on
2: the video. It'll blow you away. I had my phone. Yep. Do you know that phone's really? are unbelievable? Phones blow me away, right? Because I use a yeah. really you know, pretty decent Nikon camera for all my content. But I just happened to have my phone one day. I was driving on Duncan way. I went, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. They're, they're here. Right. Yeah. So I pulled out my phone and the guys kind of know me and I was, you know, I know how to move around the area. And i couldn't believe the video when i got home i was i was falling out of my chair i thought i can't believe it's this good so i just right away i went into and did this video it took me six hours or seven eight hours to edit it and it's nine minutes long and it's just the greatest so you talk about passion andy right there it is yeah i have yeah. my Ipex plastic passion cool. right there wow yeah. it's it's cool
0: that you know you, you you just drive you're driving along and all of a sudden you get that inspiration you know, to, to really, you know, dive into, <laughs> to a modeling project, late night model railroad. He's, he's got a couple more questions there. Uh, what's yeah, the main reason wh- why do they MU so often just to pull one car?
2: Because you know why? Cause they do turns, right? They go out to Chilliwack, they go to Langley turn and there's always a customer. Right. And they do on call stuff like they have, like they're really big on the service. Like you have to be, if you charge your own rates, you better be good. Yeah.
3: You, know, you right. better be
2: on time and uh they're not going to get caught with one switcher anywhere. And even in their yard, they use a slug. You know, so
0: get moving. They don't mess yeah. around like you say, right?
2: No, they don't. I don't know how they I think they make most of their revenue off the automotive, but like they must. That, that's kinda, that's kind of that's kind of what in my research when I was researching for
1: the short line of the show that seemed like it was a big deal. Like all that automotive movement
2: was like a huge deal for it the is yeah. You yeah, know? that's their main main source of revenue. Oh, and also like they interchange with BNSF, CNCP, and they do all their little sideshow like deliveries too, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think that all the industries are. I think you got to be really good. Like, you have, a, have good people, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, running the sh- – like, doing your sales and service and yeah. – yeah. But they're really unique railroad. They really are. And the fact that they have that kind of history and that they've been running that long, um, and they still – like, they look like they're running strong, you know? I mean, if they're painting <laughs> and rebuilding locomotives, Mike, they must have money. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: well either that or they're gonna sell that's always the thing on the railroad. If they start painting stuff that's something that something <laughs> bad's about it. to happen, <laughs> they're gonna they're, sell they're it. gonna sell it. <laughs> oh,
2: especially <yeah>. if they, <laughs> well, if maybe they're especially, gonna sell the SD thirty-five back to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> they, they,
1: if they if they end up painting depots, you know bad things are on the horizon. Yeah, they don't do really it not. just for the, at least on the class ones, that's usually the way it is. Yeah. So I
0: wanted to to give the, the uh folks in the chat here, we're kind of winding down Boomer. Of course, if you know we want to uh, carry on with any other topics that you want to touch on, feel free to. But I did want to give the opportunity for the folks in the chat uh to interact with you a little bit. Um if you if you have any questions about Boomer, Can you just give me and, one uh,
2: minute here, I'll just be right yeah. back
0: you give me one minute and, and have some yeah. questions. But... Yeah, and we'll we'll go ahead and uh field uh questions from the audience about uh his modeling techniques or if we want to learn more about the sry which we've covered quite a bit of ground here tonight um (laughs) on that i i'm just i i think there was been like a
1: scrolling it's like a scrolling short line of the show the whole thing yeah
0: i think it was uh let's see here maybe it was cloverdale rail uh says he, he he uh he loves how andy can't stop smiling and i've been i've just been like you know uh you know like this the whole show you know just listening <laughs> i know listening intently to to what's what's being said it's just it's been a fantastic uh and i've been uh, trying my hardest so not the,
1: i've been trying my hardest not the fanboy out also so it's yeah, like, it's it's, it's, like... <laughs> it's
0: this is what i am i mean you know i'm not gonna apologize for for just nope, not here, one bit you know, yeah like this but
1: I did see somebody um, asked a question about uh if, if he has explained something about the uh Matt Medium. Matt Medium, As, right? Yeah, about Matt Medium. I don't want to miss it, he said. So it's uh and and I'm sure that'll come up, Matt Medium. It's right. uh, it is his seems to be his go to uh, Ah, speak of the devil, look at that. He's back. Uh,
0: he's back okay um Great. so so mark mark reed uh, has a question for you boomer if you'd be so kind to take it as have you ever thought about writing a book on the art of the oh, okay. model railroading?
2: <laughs> well you know a lot of people are asking that and uh i am taking a lot of notes like i have a lot of notes sure years of notes and uh, and then they get revised and outdated and so on but i have pretty much written the introduction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through, through the last year. Yeah, <laughs> You know, right. You know, it's interesting yeah. though, you know, we've moved, it's funny how people ask about books. Like I'm all for books. I, I have a massive book collection. I love to read, but you know, since social media, you know, has, I think everybody can relate to that. Like social media is a force, right? Isn't it?
0: It certainly right? is. Yeah. it's Like anybody
2: is. out there that has a degree knows about reading and and must admit that after they got their degree, they didn't read another book for two years. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, it's... book, okay, maybe, maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe. Yeah. All right. And then uh, let's see here. Santa Ana Industrial Lead says uh, that his book is his yeah. YouTube channel. Um, let's see here.
2: For now, I guess
0: yeah um so otter creek says uh do you do detailed drawing of scratch builds uh, before you begin building
2: okay that's a good question um so i've mentioned drawings previously and talked yep. about it in in previous content and i've used the term napkin drawing
3: yes okay. yeah
2: and for those of you like i've explained it but let me just quickly give you what that means so when i worked in film uh, when we were going to like, uh, we had a script, we had a storyboard or whatever that, and I worked in construction. So the art department would have the official drawings, but they wouldn't release them right away. So we were told by the coordinator, go get the photos right now and do a napkin drawing, right? Like just s- draw it from the photo and start building it right away. And when the drawings finally get released then we can revise the model or whatever, you know? Yeah. So So, I adopted that method. So, I don't, I only draft like, like, do a rough draft most of the time. And then I sort out all the details as I'm building the model because I don't know like what the details are going to be like always on the drawing unless you build the model and then you reverse engineer the drawing. Right. Like, once you finish the model, then you have to go back and redraft the whole thing if you want to build another model from it or get or publish it, let's say but that's kind of how it works like the the buildings that I'm working on right now there's there's two featured buildings and some background ones and the one I'm working on right now that I'm deep into I did a just beyond a napkin drawing a little more extensive but yeah. the one that I'm building after that one that I'm not going to say what it is yet I'm doing a fairly detailed building of the facade of just the front of the building because the sides are not or nothing really but it's the front so that one I am. So it depends on the building and it depends on what I want to feature on the model. Like if I feel it's important, then, then I, I might, but you still end up, you know, wasting a lot of time drawing stuff. You don't even know if you're going to build. So
1: like, like with the brewery building, like that you did in the first section that how many, how many renditions of napkin drawings went through that before okay, you so settled on one. one.
2: One. Oh, Really? One. Just yeah, one, like, yeah. Like one. Like I took all the photographs, and then I—well, actually, a couple. But yeah, napkins, a big pen, and then I. Yeah. And then I realized that it's like you know the prototype is like eighty yards long, let's say, but I my model's only fifty yards, so I got to squeeze all the gacker the right. details in mm-hmm. a bit, right? Yeah. But you can't really tell though, because if you capture the spirit of the building. Right. Like that's, what's important, unless it's a model in a jury show, I'm not interested, like, if Hmm. you, you know, like if I, like I've been there, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. I really don't all the power to people that do it. And I encourage it. It's the best way to, you know, to sharpen your skills. And it's a definite, uh, significant part of the hobby to build from a plan, but I don't have any blueprints for this build. None. Hmm. Like I didn't have the resources to get them, like the buildings that I wanted to build. Right. So the only one that knows is me, right? <laughs> you don't know. Unless I told you. Right. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> All right. You can see
0: that. that yeah, there is brick. Space. Yeah.
2: brick yeah. There's a brick in the building I'm working on right now.
0: Cool. So let's see here. Bernard comes in and says, uh, what inspirational experiences did aviation bring to the table for you?
2: Wow, that's an interesting question. Well, you know, I used to build big scale model rc aircraft right like after i got out of the oh. movies uh in, in i guess 2009 2008 2009 2010 because i was into radio control because that was one of the things as a model maker most guys knew uh, and then electric motors were coming on the scene with brushless motors so i was building big big scale models i worked in the aviation for a while yeah. Loved aircraft, built lots of big flying models, stuff like that. So it really helped my skills with wood. So that's why I use a lot of balsa wood still. Did you notice that? Like wood, because I feel comfortable and confident with wood. And wood is really strong. Like wood is really a really good building medium, right? Yes, it is. It's something you should have in your kit. And if you're a carpenter too, like if you have carpentry skills, you're already a model maker and you don't even know it, right? you can read plans. Like, I think you are, Andy, right?
0: Yeah, I've, I used to work construction and do fine, uh, scale for, not scale furniture, but I used to build, I still build furniture. Um, you know, woodworking is another hobby of mine. So some of the best
2: model makers I met were carpenters. First, they're finished carpenters. They built houses, they built cabinets and they just took a plan and said, Hey, this is, Hey, there's no difference here. It's just a plan. It's just a smaller scale. Yeah. You know? So you learn to read a plan in elevation and you, you can cut and measure. You, that's the beginning. And a in a flat, like a building flat is the best place to start because you're only building a flat wall, right? right? Like some doors, yep. windows. And once you start putting doors and windows on a flat, watch what happens. You just begin to grow and you, you build more elaborate models and there'll be one-offs and unique, right? So, and they'll fit your layout the way you want it. Kits are good too. There's nothing wrong with kits. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with them. You know, they, there's
0: a question that came in. Do you get, do you, uh, if, if brass is the only way to go, um, to get equipment on your layout, do you go that route or do you like to build your own?
2: Uh, listen, brass is great. Like I used to custom paint brass, right. For clients that could afford it. Yeah. You know, like I had a few brass locomotives too that I'm kicking myself. I wish I never sold like some ON3, like narrow gauge, like Denver Rio Grande. I had some rare pieces because I had clients and they could get it for me. Right. And, uh, you know, so, but I think I sold all that stuff off, but you can't have everything. You gotta, you know, it's funny too. Right. Like, I think I mentioned too, if I can say it, that. I didn't want to people get the wrong impression about, you know, how I said, if you can't be faithful to the model railroad, then, you know, right. You know, like, yep, yep. stop having affairs with other hobbies. Like there's only so much time in the day, right? Yes. Like if you want to build an empire, like I get a kick out of people that want to build a, you know, big railroad, right. But they don't, don't look the at the guy at... behind it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they don't no But Andy, like you're raising a family too, right?
0: Right.
2: So, so I get that, but you know, um, like model railroads, like count the cost, man, on the time, like the money doesn't matter. Cause you just subsidize it along the way and you don't feel it cause you love it. Right. And that's right. what everybody does, but there's a time factor, you know, involved, right? Like not only is there, you need to keep the passion up, which I do through story. Yeah. Right? Cause I know the story and I want to see the story. I want to see the movie I make. Right. That kind of thing. Right. I, I want to see it. But I have days where, like Mike said, oh, jeez, having, <laughs> tr- having a bit of trouble here, right? Right. And I walk away. I walk away. I close the door. I close the door and I leave for a couple of days. And then I read up on the railroad that I'm modeling or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, for, yeah count the cost, the time. Yeah, the count.
0: Uh, right. And... um Boomer, or excuse me, Ralph says, uh, you know, how, how do you stave off burn on? I think you just kind of touched on it. <laughs> well, A little okay, so,
2: so you know what I did was I fired all my clients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Stop,
2: stop, I just stop said, no more, doing doing not building for, other... for you anymore. That's it. Yeah, I'm done, right? I'm moving on. Thank you. This is the last one. Um, and then I just did the odd one though. Cause it's like, you know, you can't fully get away from it, but you have to be very careful. Like I just told a guy like a couple of weeks ago, uh, he wanted me to meet custom paint two N scale CN locomotives. I painted for him before I ran mm-hmm. into him. I was, I had a handful of hobby glue and, <laughs> and plastic and there he was. Hey man, I got two undex, man. Undex easy for you. Right. And I said, you know what? I'd love to do it, but I'm sorry. I'm too busy. Yeah. I had to say, no, do I think about it? Sure. I could bang up, but no, because that adds up and more and more. So, but if you want to do, you know, what you do and you have a passion for it to anybody that's getting into it, then focus on that and do it well Yeah, and think, think about those other things like the gun club and the archery club and the fly tying and like, do you really have time? for all that? I don't know. I don't.
0: Custom painting, fishing lures, that type of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. What, what right.
2: am I doing? What am I doing? I have I a fly box more? too, Andy. I got a yeah. fly box back here too. <laughs> yeah. But I don't do it anymore. I'm just focused on, on river road. And, yeah. uh, and that's it. I got rid of all my model, like my radio control, like all this stuff's long gone. Like, yeah, I, I got rid of all of it. So, I just focus on the model railroad thing now, and I love it. And yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And then, of course, with the channel, too, right? Anyone that yeah. creates content knows. Like, the algorithm is ruthless. I'll have you it, know. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. Right? It's, it can you make a, a living of it? Here's a good one. I bet you a lot of people don't ask. about Because there's a lot of model railroad channels, right? Yep.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah.
2: Like, everybody has a bunch of bookmarked, don't you? I have I two do. of them. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you know, there's people are trying to make money. I mean, the, not everybody's going to be Luke Tone. No. You know, Luke. I mean, Luke Tone is a talented guy, but he also came in at the right time, and he knows, like, he has a plan, and he knows he has a form of entertainment. He's he's highly gifted, talented modeler. Yep. I yes. used to do all that stuff too, but there was no, but there was no social media. We didn't have any Man. of that. It was just word of mouth, like yep. you know, right? There was no man. If I had social media back then, I'd be retired somewhere down in the Bahamas. You know, <laughs> right? No, really. When you think about it, right? Yeah. Like you think of the people that, like, if you think that if a, somebody has a million subscribers and they're current, that like the channel's current. I'll tell you right now, they're doing pretty good. Yeah. They're making good money. You know. Yeah. But they're working hard, though. You know, it's Luke not easy works work. hard. He's it's a not- pilot. Yeah, I think too on the side. Right. Oh,
1: Luke Luke yeah. yeah.
2: Oh wow. Yeah he
0: he's a what is it a short uh, short haul pilot I think he flies mm-hmm. commuter planes.
2: Oh nice yeah
0: but it's he's it's good ma- too
2: he knows the art of the diorama like he understands he it right like can you imagine if he just decided to build a model railroad like just put it all in like to go all in and uh, build uh, like a twenty six foot or thirty foot long model railroad and apply all that skill that he has into a story can you imagine what that would be like like a super diorama it would be unreal and he's young too it's and with all the
0: technology that he incorporates too it's a little i don't know it's i get i'm certainly jealous of him with his automation and and his little guys that ride the bikes around and the cars that do all that and
2: Oh it's, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah little... I know that's the kind of cutesy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know the laser cutters and the three Ds. You know what? I say to anybody that has laser cutters, three D, go for it, man, because that's mm. where the future of the hobby's going. And if you're in that learning curve, do it. Me, it's too late for me. I'm old school, man. Like I could sculpt <laughs> a moose faster than probably faster than the three D printer could do it. Like yeah, really, I like almost, if I really I, wanted to, right? I almost I'm burned dinner so because of you times,
1: that way. You know, I almost burned just, dinner the other night because of that video <laughs> thanks a lot by the way i was like no, watching I'm, I'm like a... what smells so, like look at <laughs> old
2: i just like the old school way you know i'm just like i'm a boomer right i'm like i'm washed up almost oh you know, <laughs> oh yeah real real, real watch yeah, i'm not man if i could be like if i was 20 again or 25 with social media and and all the technology oh my goodness man I'm telling you, the opportunity for entrepreneurship is off the charts right now it's for young true. people. It yeah. really is. I mean, you guys know the tech, right? Yeah. You're born yeah. into it. Yeah. I had to learn it when I was like the first computer I bought, I was 26 years old. It was a 286. Hmm. And it was a, I, I threw away my $700 typewriter and, and bought a, you know, a PC, right? but you were born into it, like the social media, like YouTube right now, like they're probably the best, uh, one of the best, I think, if not the, uh, best like video, uh, platforms in the world.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's my, it's my go-to for entertainment as well. Like I'll watch sports and all sorts of other stuff on here. Yeah. Outside but, of model railroading
2: stuff. But, and that's, and, for me, it, it curates everything that I need. I mean, look how much you can learn from it.
3: Oh, yeah. I
2: mean, you know, for me, like, I want to give back. It's, like, nobody really asked me, why do you do the channel, right? Is it for the money? No. I don't really get much, really, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't need it, really. Like, yeah. It's not that much, right? I do it because I want to give it back. Because I want modelers like you and all the young generation to fully, like, embrace it and, and reap the rewards from it. I want to give away every trick I know and everything because you know why? Because like people taught me. People right. took me under their wing and they told me, "Hey man, this is how we do this. This is how you do it." Why? Because you'll be rewarded for your skill set yeah. and you'll get great fulfillment out of it, right? And because we're all creative, like we all all are. Like if you write a note that's a form of creativity so how you write it and if you model your creative so we all have that in us in the human sentient which is a beautiful thing and i'm a big proponent of encouraging creativity at whatever you do right because yeah. especially today right? that's true and you can share it with your family like model railroading like what a beautiful family hobby To get your kid, I mean, maybe your kids into it. I don't know, but to get them involved in it is a good thing.
0: My son and I were down here last night running trains, you know, and that was, it was, you know, a great hour, hour and a half that we had just hanging out. Does he enjoy it? He loves it. He absolutely loves it. And he's six years old and, you know, I have the ESU command system, hashtag not sponsored. He he can run it, you know, we're doing switching moves and all that good stuff. And he's, you know, he's starting to get the basic concepts down and he absolutely loves it. And he loves, he loves the, he, he loves to see the, I guess the, the trains move around. He loves the, the science in, in it now with the DCC. And he just loves the fact that he can hit a button and make a horn go and the ditch lights come on and all that fun stuff. But, I also drag him around town when the train's in town and he looks at the prototype and he just waving at the engineers and the crew and he just is absolutely enamored with, with railroads and, and model railroading. And and then he sees what I'm doing here with the, the, I guess the scene behind me. And he's like, Oh, that's so cool that you painted that. And then, so he, I give him a piece of canvas and then he starts trying to replicate it. It's just, (laughs) I just let him go and he's having, he's having so much fun with it. That's cool. Yeah.
2: And see, and
1: see, I went the opposite direction because I work because I worked for the railroad.
2: <laughs> Mike, yeah,
1: right. I, I, I because I worked for the railroad. I wanted my kids to not work for the railroad. I didn't want my kids to be enamored with it. So I oh, yeah. I never encouraged them to come down and help me with anything. Do this and that. and Next thing, they were in sports. They were doing all that stuff. Now they're both out of the house and. You know, they're grown. One's getting married. One's a senior at college, you know. And so now that they'll see me do something and they'll come out and say, okay, how do you do that? All right, can I do, if I needed to do this, what would I use? Now they're starting to ask questions. And so now that they're older and I know that they're sa- safely not going to be in the railroad, <laughs> work for the railroad. <laughs> they, they, they start asking, they're asking me questions and I'll be like, well, here, let's, I'll show you here. This is what we do. Well, that's kind of cool. That comes in pretty handy. Well, yeah. I said, yeah. Good. Okay. So I need this, this, and this. I said, yeah. The next thing you know, I'm getting yelled at by their girlfriend or something. what do you tell them to do this for? You know? <laughs> no, but it's, it's, uh it's, it's interesting because you know there's it's, kids of all ages are sponges mm-hmm. i'm i'm 52 i'm a sponge you know not because i'm overweight thanks a lot to all my friends out there that know me but I... it's uh, but it's 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 because of the fact that i have a i have a passion to learn knowledge i want to learn these things and i think that you truly don't start to lose passion for what you're doing until you start to lose the pasture and want to learn. Yeah. You know, and and once you lose that, doesn't matter what age you are, then it's just kind of ball game. You're just you're all done. You might as well just yeah. pack pack up shop and forget about it, you know. Then you just become an old curmudgeon. Then <laughs>
2: yeah, I, learning, like constantly learning, like learning. Like I'm still learning about the railroad, like you know, like operations, for example. Like I'm looking more into that now. And chasing the prototype a bit more because i kind of got away from it uh still learning stuff about modeling too right like just this that's a, again the beauty of the model railroad is you can't really know it all like there's just no way this is no like the like the longer you're in it the more you realize you don't know you know it's just a, yeah. a, an incredible and, and the problem solving the challenges and the problem that's why it's good for kids because it teaches them how to solve problems because life is absolutely right
3: Mm -hmm.
1: you know
2: and uh you know that when you lay the track down and you're picturing your jeep nine going down and then you do it and it doesn't go for some reason oh why did the glue i wasn't thinking when i put that cork down the track supposed to go there you know it goes on and on like this you got to solve it right it's not the fun part but you got to solve it to get the reward and And that's just uh,
0: it it's the accomplishment when when you get it running
2: yeah when you get it running yeah yeah Yeah. it's hey man i enjoy it too right like i don't run that much really to be honest with you because because i'm so focused on building right but i love to run trains like on a given day like you know if i've had a hard day like at my regular job part-time and you know and i just come home and i just you know run the jeep down with one car i go down to the brewery and then slide it in and ah, that's just you know like ten minutes. Ten yeah. or fifteen minutes, and and I'm good, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's I,
0: it's 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 almost fun too, you know, like to just come down and and let's see if how slow I can run the locomotive on speed step one, and let's see if it makes it all the way <laughs> makes it all the way around the layout without shutting yeah. off. You know, it takes
2: like that's an something. hour to go eight <laughs> yeah. feet. Yeah, <laughs> with, right. with DCC, it does so. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like you, you can, can literally oh, yeah. program it to run like. Like I've ran it from the brewery down to Big Ben, and it took forty minutes one time. I got it to go.
1: Holy uh, cow!
2: Forty minutes with my low sound like program on the speed step really low. Yeah, like on my switcher, my Atlas switcher, which is my best running locomotive. It just that thing will run through two lines in the sand. That 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 like <laughs> no no I'm kidding you like that like that locomotive will run on anything where other locomotives yeah. won't right incredible yeah. little thing you know and you know again with trains like you notice that with trains like you can have five six seven eight twelve twelve model locomotives right that you yep. like to you know, use and there's always going to be one or two favorites that just you know like maybe not the one that you want to like the most but it runs the best right right you know? right you notice that like they're all yeah, uniquely yep. different right yep yeah like
0: i I have an Atlas uh, SD35, and I wanted that to be my favorite locomotive, and it it runs like trash. So I don't use
2: it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know it but, sucks. Eh? Uh, right? Yeah,
0: and it just and it's I wanted it. I wanted it to be that so bad, but yeah, it's you know, it's, yeah, it's 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 funny that that you have you have your stinkers that you just kind of have on the at the roundhouse for show, and then you <laughs> yeah. have your. Your yeah. hard workers that you bring out yeah. you know, when it's operating time. That's funny.
2: And you know, my SD thirty eight Mikado, beautiful yeah. running, like when it's cruising, it's silky smooth. But every time I leave from you know from a dead stop, it has this little shudder to it. Like this yeah. little very just as it gets up to speed, right? Mm-hmm. It like just is a little bit of a kind of a you know, th- 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 right? Very very subtle. But man, that little S or that MP fifteen, oh, that thing yeah. just Get it one, like step one, like one-tenth of one, and I have to wait five minutes. Oh, it is moving.
0: you know, Just crawling.
2: Yeah, just crawling yeah. along. Amazing. The love of trains, eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. I, get the... <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, right, <laughs> It's a great, right, hobby, Mike. It's a great <laughs>
2: hobby we share. It's just got to be the best hobby in the world. I know that sounds cliche, but, I mean, I've touched nice. so many uh, facets of – of art and hobbies. And I have to say that, you know, the model railroad is the, is the best, most expressive, deepest, diversified, collectively whole hobby. There is like in community, like for people and just, yeah. Um, family and even solo, like even lone wolf person club. But yeah. I mean, think nope. about it, right. What a, what a, what a great hobby we share, isn't it? It's oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's, I
1: absolutely. It's, love a, it. it's, it's been everything for me, you know, honestly, yeah. it actually has, you know,
2: and you're a real like, railroader, right? Mike, like you were the real deal and, and, and yet you like it or you love it. Like, that's interesting to me. I,
1: right. you know, it's the, the weird part about it is, is I can't stand anything that's going on nowadays, but like, I have a GP nine R at, at work is what I'm using. It's a GP nine. I'm running that. I saw a Green Bay and Western boxcar come coming in my yard the other day. I got all. I got all. I'm like, okay. How can I figure out? How can I get over to that boxcar and and get some pictures of the side, or at least go and find out because they're because wow. a the Green Bay and Western always stamped <clears throat> in into the steel side frame. They always stamped the number of the car in there, so oh, they really? could find out. Oh yeah, so they could find the original number of the car just by looking at the side sill wow. of the car. So I'm like, okay, I gotta get over and do that. And of course, I wanted (laughs) to take a picture and my camera went battery was dead. And I'm like, oh, this is just great. So now I got my camera charger with me. So it's it's I I just I look for new things to try to implement into what I'm doing now that are from 30 years ago, 20 years ago you know, yeah. in, or that's 30 a, years or more, awesome. you know, and there's plenty out there. Actually, there's a lot out there that's real old stuff still sitting around. If you know where to look, you know, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's neat
2: hearing your testimony as a real uh, railroad dude, because <laughs> I would have thought that oh, the last thing you'd think of was, you know, when you got home after a hard day's work. Right. Like we've romance it, you know, the, you know, the model railroader, like I would say that I romance it. I mean, I, I get close to it, but not the real not like you and I romance it quite a bit, but you like when you come home after you know a, a rough day or whatever. You, what do you do? Work on your model railroad for a couple hours?
1: Well, I, sometimes, it, sometimes it's just pure decompression.
2: It, it's oh. I come
1: down here because I can sit and uh, like my depot here. I'm gonna grab it without drinking my thing. Like my depot that I've got right here. Oh yeah, I've been working. Oh, I've been nice. working on it. You know, this is a kit. Yeah, that's obviously. nice. It's like, it's a kit. I've been kind of missing no, it. Andy gave, I, I was kind of struggling with the, how I wanted to do the roof because I wanted to get it weathered and everything before I put the glass in or the, the clear in. So I came up with a way of doing the roof and I figured out how to do it
2: nice. and still have yeah. all the stuff. All That's in. a really good, really good way that you did that to lift the roof off, you know, to yeah, spend that extra thanks. work like that. So it does that. That's nice. Yeah.
1: Thanks. It, it But that was last night. Those, well, I'm not sure, the, the roof supports, that was an hour and a half it took me to put all the roof supports on there. And I just had, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually had red green streaming on YouTube uh, <laughs> in, the, in the background because I love red green. And yeah. so uh, I just. Yeah, he's he's, a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I, I'm, I'm, I have red green. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I got red green going in the background and I'm just sitting here doing this. I'm not thinking about work. I'm nice. thinking about yeah. making sure these are square, making sure this is this. My mind is not on any wasn't on anything. It was just complete decompression for me. Yeah. And um I I I view this as a hobby, not an extension of what I do for a living. Um you know, yeah. that's Right. you know, that's Yeah, that's uh,
2: an interesting thing that you raised there. Right? Cuz I do it as a hobby, but guess what? A little bit, <laughs> a little bit pulled me back in, right? Because of the channel. Yep. Yeah. Because I want to mean because I want to maintain the revenue. So I have to keep creating content. But I love love doing it though. And I have a yeah. plan. And if I stick to my plan, it it it's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not burning out from it. But yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. I know it's a that's a double edged sword. Eh? Yeah. You know, it, the and- hobby business thing.
1: Yeah, but at work, I'm sitting here going, I'm I'm sitting here going, I don't know whoever kind of looked got me doing this, but all of a sudden I look down and I'm like, hey, that's that's a different shade of gray, and I'm like, take my boot and I'm kicking it around a little bit. I'm like, huh, well you know what? I got an old salsa jar sitting in my locker that's all cleaned <laughs> up. Want to bring some of that home? Next thing you know, I'm filtering it for my ballast.
2: Right. <laughs> right out of the unique, right it's got a unique patina to it too. Right? Yeah, and yeah it's kind of very. U-
1: and, then <laughs> up, and I was asking Andy the other day. I was cleaning out my stand-up garden. I'm like, hey, is it okay to use garden dirt sifted for yeah. the layout? <laughs>
2: yeah. Sure. Why I not? Do. Yeah, I you know? I just make sure that it's sterilized, though. Like I mm-hmm. soak it with uh, isopropyl. Everything does kills every kills all it the organisms. Everything it kills, kills Everything. Yep. everything on- and it's medicinal too, right? If you get it on your skin, it won't hurt you.
0: Yeah, right. that's true.
2: So when I had my finger, which is,
0: Oh, yeah. How's that yeah. going, by the way? That's
2: how, that's how they cleaned it. Oh, good. I just keep a Band-Aid on it so I don't whack it. Oh. Um, like, you know... <laughs> I don't yeah, want to catch it on something. It. Yeah, because it's still tender, eh? But, uh, but I'm able to model with it now. But that was a, a bit of a dicey thing that bit me there, but... It's a little reminder. I was still trying to
1: figure out the yeah.
2: dynamics of how that knife how did, spun
1: around. How did that, how did that's... you go from this finger here to having it spin around to hit yeah, your like palm?
2: Uh, I was like loaded up like this and yeah, and it slipped through the window or, or the door opening of the model and it, it somehow it, it caught it and, and, and just the G-force of the thing flipping around stuck into this finger <laughs> right here yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it just yeah but uh it healed up pretty good man i appreciate everybody's prayers and well wishes because uh it's you know it didn't well, it get was... infected, right it didn't get like i didn't get in yeah infection. that's good right? so when yeah. you
0: when you drew up the on the video on kind of how things got separated there that was the point where i shut the video out <laughs> like oh yeah. you good I've I, yeah, got, I, I think I, I put can't. a little warning in there. But, <laughs> yeah, you did. And I'm watching, I'm watching I'm like, ah, I gotta stop.
3: <laughs> I've seen worse.
0: I've
1: seen worse than that. Oh, I've, that I've, I watched it I've all I've the way. I've
0: done worse to myself, but it's funny you should mention that because a week or when I was painting the, the backdrop here, I did the exact same thing with the paintbrush and it flipped right around on my finger. And for some odd reason, if it would have been an X-Acto knife, it would have had a similar yeah. a similar wound to what you had, but oh uh, Always Amazing. pays
2: to be careful, you know. I was yeah. fortunate in the industry. Like, I milled thousands of board feet, two Olfa knives as a sculptor. Never once. I think I drove a Brad nail through one of my fingers, but it was no big deal. I just pulled mm-hmm. it out with pliers. It was a, like, it wasn't really, right? It was through through, through the finger at the end here, but I
0: yeah, managed yeah. to pull
2: it out and it was fine. But I never cut myself seriously. Like, that was probably the worst cut I've ever had in my life, like, on my finger from a hobby knife.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Wow. but you know,
2: it's a give us a good wake-up call,
0: right? Yeah, for sure.
2: Taking for things sure. for granted, but anyway.
0: So we're we're on our, our normal three-hour tour this yeah, evening. What a still. run, eh? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good run. Um good we'll three give hours. we'll give yeah, yeah geez, it's we're getting up there. Um, we'll give the, the folks out in the chat one last uh go around yeah. questions for Boomer and then uh Mike, um any any closing thoughts here this evening on the show um boomer or anything that we've discussed here this evening
1: i no boomer just thank you very much for coming on and, and oh, yeah. teaching us all you know thank you for the content that you put out um you know it's it's uh i've i personally have learned a ton from watching your stuff and uh you know i know I know I have a lot more to learn and I don't just watch something one time through. And I've watched some of your stuff three, four, five, six, a dozen times because this doesn't exactly click and I'll, you know, every time, but it's, it's uh, just, thank you very much. It's just such a a pleasure. Thank you. And, I gotta go and,
2: back to Mike and <laughs> refresh my memory. <laughs> I gotta go back. I <laughs> forgot how I did something, so now I can go back and watch my own and say, "Oh, right, okay, that's that's what I did." <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. That's- yeah,
1: yeah. No, no problem.
0: And and I'll I'll, I'll echo a lot of uh, Mike's comments myself. Um, it's you, you talked about social media, um kind of having a, a different. Uh, I guess, you know, back in the day, you know, when I was growing up, I, I had a modeling mentor. He was a shipbuilder. He lived right here in town. Right. Oh, yeah. And now, and I learned a, a tremendous amount from him. And now I'm able to, to learn from folks like yourself that are, you know, across a continent. And, right. and it's, where do you and guys live
2: it, again? Sorry. Like, like,
0: so so I live I live in, in Ripon, Wisconsin, and okay and Mike, Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. And, and Mike, I'm
1: about an hour and ten minutes northeast of him in Green Bay.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah that's but,
3: cool.
0: Yeah, just to I guess to, to finish that, it's it's interesting yeah. how this is and especially you know with the type of content that you know you Luke Tone and, and, and others have put out of helped me become a better, better modeler and helped me enjoy it um, far That's more great. than one, than what I would ever have without it. So thank you there. Yeah, um, you're welcome. And, and you just seeing a bunch of the guys post the same things, right? Thanks for everything. And I, I think it's, it's, you're truly a, a great ambassador to, to the hobby and, and it's truly been a pleasure having you on. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. Uh, Boomer, the mic here uh, before, before we tie down for the night. Is there any last little quips or stories that you want to leave us with before uh, we close up shop tonight?
2: Well, I'm going to have to go back and watch this archive. Cause I missed so many of the comments. Cause yeah. you know, like uh, trying to like, uh, you know, like if I read the comments, I'm not paying attention to you guys. I really want to hear, I actually I'd like to hear more about your story too. You know, like you and Mike, sure. you know, you know, I'd be open to getting together again sometime at your convenience to talk yeah. about something else, but
3: Absolutely. Know. you
2: know, I've, I'm always fascinated to hear other people's stories too. Right. Cause yeah. you know, it's uh, I'm just really thankful that I've had, you know, the opportunity to share or I still do. And I have my health and uh, you know, want to share, you know, like I say, I want, you know, modelers to be better than me, you know, like I know that sounds weird, but, I want them to take all the skills that I have and push your envelope. Yeah. And, and you excel and you, because that's the way it works. Right. Like every, I mean, look at Luke Tone. I mean, the guy's only what, like 20, let's like, see, 30? Yeah. And that, that guy, you know, I mean, there's a talent for you, right? Right. You know, and yeah, exactly. Sharon, too, right? Like he works hard at his content, too. Yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, for me, like I just want to pay forward what I know. And, uh, you know, I just consider myself just to be average in my own right compared to my peers, like the people that I trained under. The people that I worked under were unbelievable master craftsmen, believe me. Like, they forgot more than I know. But I'm really thankful for them. A lot of them have moved on now and passed on. But, you know, like, they were a great inspiration to me. And they said the same thing to me. Like, just go for it. Just push the envelope. Practice. Practice. Don't worry. Take risks. Take risks, man. Because that's where you really learn stuff. Try stuff. Like, like, not on your Genesis 2 locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, like, try stuff on the side, right? Like, that's what I do. I spray on paper all the time, and I spill paint, and I try. I keep learning stuff. And, you know, that's the name of the game, right? That's how you get better at it, you know? Just take mm. in what as much as you can. and it, But have fun, though. Make sure you're having fun.
0: Yeah. I think that's it. You know, I think that's it. Make sure you're having fun.
2: Because I'm having fun. Believe me, I am. I'm having a lot of fun. And uh it's a lot of fun talking with you guys and coming on to your podcast. And and I really wish and hope you do well. Like I I've been following your podcast, and you know, you're almost at a thousand, eh? You almost got a thousand. Yeah, we're you're you're not far. No, we're getting Yeah, that's pretty good for a podcast, you know because podcasts were not like youtube wasn't designed for podcasts Did
0: you know no that? it wasn't no it's no. not
1: no. <laughs> no it's not
0: it, it's and right? it's it, it's been an interesting ride and it, this this year has exceeded my expectations you know tremendously i know mike and i talk about it a yeah. lot and yeah. we're just you're so doing thankful. it the right
2: way you know like you're really you know like um, i can tell you know like when i first watched i thought okay I'm hooked. Like I want to. Like I like what's ha- no, no, no. I like what's happening here. Like, look at the comments that you got. You know, and the way yeah. you guys mix it up and stuff. And it's relatable. Your content is yeah. relatable, right? Right. And that's good. So you got a good thing. So have fun with it. And just you know.
0: And we are. We are. Yeah, it's for sure. We're having a lot of
1: fun
2: with this.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's 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 really funny because it you know, Real quick, one of the things that I I ran over to Andy's house here uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday, and I ran over there. And all of a sudden, we sat down, and we're sitting in the chair. Okay, we should do this on the show. We should do this on the show. We should do this on the show. And (laughs) I'm looking at him like, you know, we're having Boomer on, right? (laughs) None of this is going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. And and, and I tell you what, it's it's so – because he'll get an idea. He'll throw it out at me. I'll say, meh. He'll. I'll throw out an idea. He'll. He'll go. Meh. Then all of a sudden, we'll throw out The same idea at each other. Like, okay, we're doing that. And that's the end. There's. uh, We we have an idea. It's all. Everything's all up here right now. You know. And it's been so much fun for the most part. For trying to be. For the most part, we're semi organized,
2: but it's. it's, (laughs) There is
0: there is a means
2: to the madness, man. Like you don't want to rehearse too much, right? yeah yeah right that's probably part of the reason you know when i do my the content that i do is i want a live feel that like i don't like do voiceovers you notice that right
3: yeah oh yeah
2: i want you to be there at the bench
3: yeah looking over my shoulder
2: and i try to structure it that way so it has a a sort of live feel to it so you don't want to over rehearse things you want to kind of You know, be spontaneous and just, you know, be more natural, I think. And that's what I get from you guys. And that's really cool. That's really cool. Thank you. And keep it up, you guys. And Andy, Andy too, uh, I've been watching your content. I've been going every now and again to take a visit and watch one of your videos on your channel.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. no, it's neat, man, what you're doing there. I really like your bench work, too. Yeah, Yeah. I'll have
0: to – I've expanded some of it, uh, and it's – it's turning into it's turning into quite the model railroad. I'll have to. Yeah. I think I'll have to maybe put a few more videos out more more frequently than I do. Yeah, so. do an
2: update walk around. I guess I got to do one soon too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, deal. Deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Look well, forward to getting I, together with you guys again sometime. Really enjoyed I, it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely.
0: I mean, we, we had a blast. I mean, if you look at the replay, I there's three hours of me just smiling. So. Um, if that's any (laughs) indication of how it went for me, it was, it was very good. So, um, I'll take us out tonight here. I do want to thank, uh, Boomer again for coming on. It's been, it was a fantastic show this evening. We covered so much stuff, unbelievable. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the section crew out in the chat tonight. Um, it was, it was fantastic. The comments, the engagement, And all of the interactions that go on behind the scenes that I don't get to see. It's a very nice community that we have going on here. And speaking of which, if you want to follow us, um, feel free to subscribe. Uh, Click the subscribe uh, icon here on YouTube. Or if you like other social media platforms, we're also on Facebook. And you can catch us out on the Second Section podcast in Facebook we also have a website with all of our links out there, secondsectionpodcast.com. And you can catch us on any of the major platforms in Audio Land as well, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. We're out there. So you feel free to get a hold of us, and we'll, we just love to have you listen along. So,
2: I just published the short line local just in closing.
0: So I think this is a I think this is a perfect way to take us out. This is perfect. Make sure you make sure you head over to Boomer Dioramas channel. If you're already not a subscriber to him, please do subscribe. It helps him, helps us, helps everybody in the community. Check out the latest video. We talked about it this evening. It's Andy, gonna be cool. Yeah. Andy, yeah.
1: Boomer, how do you yeah. always end most of your most the majority of your videos? How do you end them?
2: Uh, Take care. Happy modeling. Have a good day, and I'll see you soon.
0: Cheers. Cheers.
2: (laughs) Bye.